Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Chapo Trap House. My name is Will Medicare. With me, as always, are Felix Biederman and Virgil Tip. I'm going to say, I don't want to be Virgil. (laughs) Oh, sorry. With me, as always, are uh, Felix Biederman. His name's not Virgil Maryland. What do you want from us? Okay, okay, okay. So it's Felix Biederman and Matt Chris. Well, I do count on him. Blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-boo. Okay. Well, uh, and we, as the Democratic Socialists of Podcasting, watched The Corrupter. And this has Chow Yun Skinny and, uh, what was it, Mark Wahlberg, I think, is in it for a few pages. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Cox with a breakthrough performance. Uh, what did you guys think of The Corrupter? I just love that. On this show, like we have such varying tastes, where like if nothing huge is coming out in theaters, we're like, I don't know, let's dig through streaming. And Alex <laughs> is going down a Mark Wahlberg rabbit hole. Found he even did a movie with Chow Yun Fat in nineteen ninety nine, and now here we are. Yeah. This is actually kind of smart. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah, this is like Training Day if it were good. Yeah, and if they mumbled throughout <laughs> the entire movie. All right, so uh, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news? Oh boy, don't we always have news, gang? Did any news come down the, uh, instead of the grapevine, the, the bamboo strip? <laughs> Alex, why did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point I had news, but I can't fucking find it, so I guess I don't have it anymore. Wait, <laughs> no, I found that. it. Oh, That's how they get you. Yeah. I found it. Yes. The liberal media. Because, of course, uh, an important thing happened this weekend. A roller coaster of emotions as Max Landis lost his laptop with all of his life's work on it. And that dog shit was so terrible that the homeless man that found it was like, nah, man, you can have a check. I don't fucking want this. <laughs> Imagine you're a fail son whose only job is just sit there and shit out screenplays that will never see the light of day. And you don't have a backup. Like, your dad made fucking, like, 20 movies that all made millions of dollars. You can't afford, like, an extended Google Drive account? like Just use the cloud. Mark Wahlberg figured it out. They, <laughs> I literally can't turn off the cloud on my computer. It saves my shit, and I don't want it to. Exactly. Yeah, like, thousands and thousands of pages of work that were just gone. And some homeless person took a look at this and went, No. I shan't be having this. Take it back. Get this cursed rune away from me. So now that's just looming over our heads. Homeless guy was Probably looking for pictures of Hunter Biden's cock. <laughs> well, it's like when Doug found that wallet and got a stick of gum. <laughs> yeah, like that. Let's get That's into exactly our... exactly what I was thinking. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I don't know if this is a jerk or a hero or something in between. Whatever it is, it's, a notab- it's notable enough to be mentioned on this segment and no other. I went to uh, a Halloween party for the first time in years, and uh, 
It was for uh, David and Gabby's place. Uh, you know, that spooky celebration. Anyway, uh, David pulled me aside. I was like, hey, you want to check out my little blockbuster? I'm like, oh, sure. He has this tiny room set up with like all his physical media. And it's really sick, actually. It's like a little CRT TV in there. Josh is already jealous. He's like, check out those uh, cool movie lunchboxes up there. And there were two. One was the, uh, the fucking uh, Asteroid City lunchbox that we got for free. And the other was Gabby's which was this sick Yoda lunchbox. And right off the bat, I'm just like, oh, she's going on the show. She's going to be the hero of the week. Then I told her about it, and she was just like, it's not a lunchbox. I'm like, yes, it is. It's, it is exactly, you can't miss it. It's lunchbox shaped, and it's used for lunches. And she said, no, I never used it for lunchboxes. It's just one of those things my parents got, because they, they assumed I liked Star Wars, so they just got me a Star Wars thing, and I wasn't going to bring this to school. I just kind of like stared at her, and she was like, I used my Powerpuff Girls. Still a lunchbox. Yeah, it's st- exactly. It's hey, still a lunchbox. No, it's not. Lunchbox. No, it's not. I don't put my lunch in it. I was this close to stealing it and using it for lunches. I, that's, I was. I was gonna say like thanks for the invite, but also yeah, I would have just stolen that. Yeah. Well, I love that we've all gone full circle of like I don't understand how these fucking freaks just like spend all their money on like toys and collectibles. But if I'm somewhere and I see someone with the Yoda on it, I'm like. Hey man, you should buy that. <laughs> you should absolutely buy that. Hang on, let me. Uh, yes, I must. I have to take a picture of this for my Discord. <laughs> we like. No, I understand. I think it's fine. Okay, no, I'll catch up to you, man. It's fine. I got to do this though. Dude, they had this uh, apple cider sangria that was so fucking good. I may or may That's not get bombed. So, who are your jerks of the week? <laughs> Sorry, what was that last part? You cut out a bit. <laughs> Wait, so you were bombed and there was a Yoda collectible and you didn't steal it even then? Yeah, it's called self-control. <laughs> you could have put some of that sangria in there and said it was a thermos. That's how it works. <laughs> I don't use it like that. Sorry. <laughs> what do you use it for? It's just a decoration. <laughs> That's going in the studio. Yeah, I don't use I don't use that lunchboxes to box up my lunches. I just keep it on the counter. Well, I just like the fact that they were given a free lunchbox. It's like, hey, do you still have that one from when you were a kid? Yeah, we have a collection now. Set them on the shelf. <laughs> That's how it works. I I straight up my gotta start somewhere. I definitely do that. There's no way that just don't let David know. <laughs> just don't tell him I'm taking this thing. You don't even give me want. your childhood heirloom. You don't understand. It's ironic. You would swap it out for a Boba Fett lunchbox. She won't know the difference. The whole time, she was just like, I don't understand. Are you guys, like, making fun of me? And I was like, okay, come on, tourist. We're not doing that. So I, I could. If yeah. you don't give me that lunchbox. <laughs> I am making fun of her, to be clear. Okay, all right. Well, just to make clear, she's not. Disagree. Uh, disagree. Yeah. Only takes two. <laughs> Sorry, you've been overruled. You are in fact. <laughs> All right. How do you think medical panels decide this? Four to five didn't agree. You are a... <laughs> you are a patron of the Alamo Draft House. All right, so Sorry. who are your jerks of the week? Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Uh, a movie we'll get to later. Uh, five Nights at Freddy. Uh, a little divisive <laughs> with fans and critics. So big fan of scrolling the old timeline and seeing uh, Jason Blum, the guy in charge of Blumhouse Productions, tweeting a screenshot of Rotten Tomatoes with the audience score circle saying, Thank you, fans. You are passionate and great. Good. Just what I need. A studio head getting in on the fucking... Actually, this one's for the audience. Uh, you know, critics, they just don't like to have fun with movies. Absolutely suck my dick. There's nothing I hate more. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most annoying shit. 
A thing we'll get to later is, of course, if something is described as it's made for the fans of something, know that it's dog shit. You shouldn't watch it. Correct. That's true. But also, 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the first and only time that I walked out and went, yeah, that was for the fans. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Evidently. 100%. That, the only movie I've ever seen that fits that description to a T. Also. If you are not a fan. Also made me it. think less of the fans. <laughs> if that was possible. I mean, no, they're, they're all literal children. Right, this well, is their yeah. Star Wars. Man. It's like, yeah, this is for the fans also. Um, the fans are all uh, slur deleted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might edit that back in and post. Uh, <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> you got plenty to choose from. <laughs> Speaking of slurs, uh, have you guys ever had one of those experiences where somebody reminds you of a thing that you just had absolutely no recollection of and it comes flooding back to you out of nowhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time I, when you quote Hey Arnold on here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I normally do not have this experience because my brain is powerfully stupid and I just remember tidbits of things. And, like, even if it's, you know, somebody referencing a conversation we had five years ago, I'll be like, oh, yeah, didn't you say this thing? And even if it's wrong, like, I at least have some recollection of it happening. Uh, so it's very rare that I'm completely, like, blindsided when somebody brings something up. So anyway, we were at dinner earlier and... Uh, one of my friends was talking about uh, a time a few years ago that we'd been to Iron Age for his birthday. And and uh, our other friend was there, and he's, like, trying to remember if he's there or not. He's like, I just, I don't remember, you know, like, was I at this thing or not? First friend then goes, yeah, you remember that time that my friend at the end of the table dropped a hard R? And it <laughs> all came flooding back, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot about the N-word guy. <laughs> That is so my jerk of the week is uh, my jerk of the week is early onset dementia because I don't know how I allowed that to happen. Yeah, that's just one of those nicknames you really don't want to have. It's, yeah, it was it was great. As long as he's not like, like one of those guys who like chooses his own nickname, right? Because that's just <laughs> it's like Black Mamba. Well, well, I think I walked into a trap there. <laughs> You're just sitting around like a group of people. It's like, well, like I know you guys are spoiled rich kids, but I didn't realize you were that kind of spoiled rich kids. Like, we were like an hour and a half into dinner. He just like drops it out of nowhere. It's like, whoa, okay. Please pass me the fork inward, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we found the slur to reinsert. <laughs> hey, hang on a second. <laughs> Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about what we watched recently. I watched a show that I strongly recommend to you guys called The Immortal. Called the Immortal. Now, The Immortal <laughs> is a Canadian show, and it's, <laughs> it stars uh, one of my favorite actors, Lorenzo Lamas, and he plays uh, Rafe, the demon hunter. <laughs> And uh, he's got a little sidekick named Goodwin, and uh, a lady. Oh, the guy has a name. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna keep calling him Little Cuck Virgin. I'm sorry. Yeah, Little Cuck Virgin oh, is actually uh, his birth name, but he, he prefers to be called Goodwin in the 21st century. So uh, they have to go around hunting demons and stuff like that. I was actually assigned this from uh, this thing I do on a podcast, another podcast, not uh, Chat About Trap House, wherein uh, I we play these games with uh, the NFL and stuff like that, and we assign each other TV shows. Anyway, I got lucky. I got the really good one. That sounds pretty and, juvenile. Yeah. Well, speaking I'm of juvenile, I, I love the episode that I watched, but I don't really remember much of what happened. So next thing I watched was Happy Death Day. Uh, and I turned this car around. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. 
<laughs> okay, actually, I gotta talk about this one, dude. <laughs> this episode is <laughs> an evergreen statement. Exactly. That's you know, that's the thing is I I keep waiting for the show to bore me. I just keep waiting for something to be like, oh, I've they've done this one before. No, no. <laughs> there has to be some filler eventually. False. Correct. There is no such thing as filler on this show. Okay, so it starts off with uh, a guy who looks like a slightly skinnier Ethan Suppley uh, watching a TV show. It looks like um, kind of like a like a soap opera sort of thing, and I think it was called uh, like Barbie, da 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 da, whatever sort of thing. But it has nothing to do with the TV with uh, the doll or anything. I guess I don't know. And she looks dead at the screen, breaks the fourth wall, and says to him. What are you doing, Byron? You think you can fuck a big girl like me? And he's just kind of like, and she's like, you know what you should do? And like the demonized flash RG, you should take all those pills. And he's like, oh, okay. And he does that. And uh, so the whole episode is about a haunted TV show. Or haunted TV station. Fuck oh, yes, there's, dude. there's demons who I are running the TV station. So badly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to greatest show of all time. <laughs> How did nobody ever tell us about this? Well, here's the thing. Now you're with a, okay, what do they do with, uh, do they actually go inside the TV to fight the demons? I can't tell you. You have to wait until the season's over. However, God they, damn it. <laughs> they do visit the, uh, <laughs> they do visit the, the actual station itself. Like, you know, like they see like switchboards and stuff like that and, uh, different, uh, sets and, uh, they visit the various demons who were, which by the way, I love the way that the demons are killed and sent to hell because they, they seriously look like they're screaming like Chaz Finster as they're dragged down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Lorenzo Lamas's performance, the guy who plays Rafe, in case you forgot, uh, who, by the way, looks a lot like Parker, but like sans glasses and beard. <laughs> God, I wish, dude. <laughs> it's real samurai cop energy going on there. He, uh, his delivery is astonishing. So, first of all, Goodwin gets sucked in by the uh, scintillating allure of pussy, because that's just... I think that's, like, the, the draw of every episode. It's just like, ah, Goodwin wants to fuck again. Oh, a demon fucking seduced him, so. <laughs> How's he gonna fuck this up for the 8,000th time? <laughs> well, he finds a way. And uh, later he goes back like a like a kick dog going, Rave, get him! And uh, Rave's like, I suppose we'll have to kill these demons. And they go up to a... Uh, <laughs> They go into like I think they're hiding behind like a shrub with like binoculars that's like sixteen feet away from the building, and uh, Rafe is like, "Now it's time to kill these vile scum sucking pigs." He says it like that. Anyway, uh, one of the shows that they have on there, like I guess a show within a show. See, this is where uh, the immortal gets meta. Goodwin is, uh, he goes on a trial. It's like a Judge Judy sort of thing. So this has become a. Uh, 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 what's the name for like a the uh, the trial sort of genre, a trial uh, drama or something like that? It becomes one of those things where it's you, you're, he's judged on his life for uh, failing to kill demons and <laughs> relying on Rafe to do all the hard work. Uh, oh, courtroom drama. That was the phrase I was looking for. And then at one point, I'm sorry. I thought we were still pretending to be Chapo, and that means I'm too retarded to answer that question. That's okay because I was too Use retarded to think of it in the first place. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> At one point, it turns into a game show called Wheel of Death. Now, 
Let's talk oh, about. Fuck. Come on! No, I guess this is bullshit. Dude. I'm so mad. <laughs> now, I watched Jason Mayhem Miller. I could have chosen you this picked. For me. The, you did this to yourself. Yeah. I, I think How we know at this point. They're going to go with the TV. I think we. How know, would I know that? I think we know at this point that we're never going to like be kind to ourselves ever again. <laughs> Suddenly, we're going to be more invested in this than if we had money on the line. So anyway, wheel of <laughs> I know. <laughs> wheel of death. Uh, I. I I want to talk about the production values of this show now we had bigger production values at my high school musicals that we put on my science class projects had higher budgets than this does dude it looks like it's made out of like cardboard paper it's so fucking embarrassingly slow budget it's just like a little wheel it's like oh here are the rules of death to which rafe responds there are rules uh what does he do <laughs> He owns. He's so cool. You know what's weird is like everyone. I think we pointed out every single one of us who's watched it. I, uh, Parker, you've seen this before, right? Several times. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, and hopefully several more. We, we've noticed that like constantly, Rafe is saying like they're not even like dumb one liners. They're just like the most generic one liners you could possibly do. Like, how about you try picking on someone your own size or something like that? You know. Turns out, if you actually listen to, like, the lead-up, like, the putting the ball on the tee, some of these don't make any sense. So, uh, here's an example. Uh, Judge Death, or whatever his name is for the courtroom drama sequence, says, Let's kick some air. You may be thinking to yourself, what the fuck does that mean? And I guess what they're... I'm being... I, look, I'm not going to doubt the geniuses behind the immortal. But I guess they mean, like, you know, oh, let's take this to air. You know, like, you know, air and TV show. But unfortunately, it's all undercut because... that's how Canadians said ass. Yeah, because Rick Rafe comes in there and he does a, a <laughs> jumping front flip kick into the guy's chest and says, Kick this! <laughs> <laughs> So, what I'm That's saying so is, <laughs> if this has a Blu-ray release, I'm getting it tonight. <laughs> We're going to make this happen ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get this somewhere out there. Uh, if not, I will just straight up pay for the DVD. <laughs> oh. well, I love this show. So next thing I had was not quite as good, but still way better than I expected. Happy Death Day. Actually, surprisingly good. Uh, I think, uh, Parker, you said you enjoyed this one as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's obviously it's not Groundhog Day, even though it says explicitly that it is trying to do Groundhog Day, but in like a slasher sort of context. But uh, I actually, I think the real draw of this is the main character, because she is likable despite not being a good person at the start. And that's kind of a tough line to walk, but the movie's able to pull it off. And uh, I was really happy with the ending. That being said, I don't know if I want to see a Happy Death Happy Death Day to You as a sequel. Uh, but this it, one... That sequel takes uh, some weird turns. Oh, You're probably good. Yeah, this one was funny. Well, it was entertaining. I thought it breadcrumbed really well to uh, the reveal. So, I, I think that's a really effective movie that is ruined by the fact that the fucking main character's name is Tree. Fucking Thomas Pinchon-ass character. Like, it just bothered me the whole fucking time. Yeah, that, that really feels like she should be, like, stinking of patchouli oil or something. But, like, instead, uh... You can't give me a character named Tree and have him not be non-binary, I'm sorry. Right, exactly. I, I don't know. Uh, was it, like, short for something? But I don't even remember what it would be Probably. short for. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Anyway, I liked Happy Yeah, Day. imagine going by Tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is my nickname. Yeah, no, deliberately. I want people to know me for this. Uh, anyway, 
yeah, Happy Death Day is good, and I have to admit, I probably wouldn't have watched this uh, but for the list. So, the list, bringing joy to... For. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped the show. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was going to do that, I'm too. not trying to interrupt you, but yeah. I mean, you can't just put that it's on It's going to be a nine-hour episode. All right, uh, next, next I watch Paddington 2. It's a lot like Paddington 1. Uh, and then I watched uh, a very good movie, Game Night. I, uh, I really, really like Game Night, dude. I would like to emphasize, Jesse Plemons gives one of the funniest performances in anything I have ever seen in this. He plays the cop uh, who really wants to get invited to their game night, but they just don't like him very much. He, dude, the first time you see him where he's just kind of standing outside, I don't know if he's, like, raking leaves, but, like, not even moving the rake. And uh, it, there's, like, a really, really slow zoom on him, but no background music is playing. It would Every other director in the world would have gone for, like, the sucker move, which is, like, play that eerie sort of, like, you know, uh, background music, and then it's like, oh, what if he's a serial killer? Isn't, isn't that funny? No, it's so much funnier if he's just standing there going, three bags of Tostitos scoops, I notice. <laughs> the, the one where they actually go to his house to play games uh he uh he's like suspicious about what uh the guy's doing up in his uh private office and uh they're like trying to describe him, like uh tell us about your divorced wife and he goes oh really <laughs> and of course the ending where we're like it's a guy crying and it's a movie and they're just unable to get it he's like it's the Green Mile. They're like, why? He was like, this is me crying when I watch the Green Mile. <laughs> it My is... favorite bit with him is when they first show up and he cracks the door open. He's like, wow, what a welcome surprise. <laughs> and then just takes two steps backwards into the darkness and leaves the door open for them. They literally ask, where did he go? <laughs> We're supposed to go in? Yeah. Uh, this is really well done. I, one of the things that everyone talks about, and I usually try not to get into stuff that everyone talks about, but I just want to confirm, hey, the majority is right as usual. The camera work is spectacular. There's a one-shot in this movie that's as impressive as anything in John Wick. So I really like this. Uh, if you haven't seen Game Night, you should watch Game Night. It's really good. Uh, oh, this next one. Uh, I actually I did not mind this movie. I wouldn't say that I liked it necessarily, but uh, actually I liked the maybe first ten minutes of it. Uh, Bumblebee. Uh, this is actually uh, surprisingly pretty good. Uh, this is uh, the only good Transformers movie. Uh, yep, is this on the list? No, actually, I've been thinking about this one for a while, I, and I don't really know why, but I was just like, everyone keeps talking about this. This, for a while, for Zoomers, this was like their uh, Some Like It Hot or like uh, On the Waterfront. Was, everyone's giving it the fucking rave reviews. I think it had like what a... <laughs> You're 31! How are those your cultural references? I don't know. I fucking... <laughs> It's... I cut those your references, but also like, yeah, all these Zoomers keep talking to me about Bumblebee. <laughs> Everyone was talking going about on. it. I remember when it came out, dude. It was, uh, everyone was talking, oh, dude, you gotta see Bumblebee. And I was like, alright, yeah, I'll get right on that. And then, like, I'm not I think gonna the... waste my time watching a movie I won't like. Exactly. Why Fast would I forward. ever do that? So anyway, uh, and again, this one on the list. But, like, I think the Rotten Tomato score was, like, 99% with, like, 200 reviews. So I was like, that doesn't seem possible. So anyway, I watched it. I think the reason that people liked it is, look, you compare this to, like, Transformers The Last Night. Never mind. This is, like, the Godfather. All right? This is fucking... Oh, I guess Parker wouldn't get that. That's anyway. Uh... Don't understand <laughs> that reference. Look, I... Get there. The basic thing that makes this... Well, the gabagool. The basic thing that makes this movie good <laughs> is, uh, yeah, it is ripping off E.T., but uh, 
I don't care if you rip off a good movie. That's fine by me. Uh, I don't like the main character nearly as much as the one from Happy Death Day, but uh, at least her name isn't Tree. And in fact, her middle name is Strongheart. <laughs> you Guess why? <laughs> uh, Bumblebee himself, actually, actually. I think uh, Bumblebee is one of my favorite characters, mostly because I was thinking about the time that Miger put on that mask and he was like humping his uh, PS4. <laughs> 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 Stick am stream like <laughs> hope he's doing well. I I'm should sure have referenced that instead of like some like a hot or off the waterfront. Anyway, uh, <laughs> See, that that the the kids would have gotten that. right exactly. That should be you know in the AFI Hall of Fame. But yeah, uh, Bumblebee is actually pretty good, especially like the first ten minutes where there's like some sort of war on Cybertron, and I was like surprisingly able to tell what was going on. And I, like, cared about the characters. And Bumblebee's, like, a pretty cool character. I, It looks fucking fantastic with the with the animation with him transforming. You'd think a movie about Transformers would have a lot of Transformers, but they don't do that in some of those other movies. They just, like, swing swords at each other. I don't know. Uh, next one For the here. the rest of my life, I will just think about Alex realizing that there's a character named Optimus Primal. And, like, his whole world Dude. shattered. <laughs> right. And then he walked in late to the movie and, like, missed half his scenes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bit way to go <laughs> alright that was worth it was it <laughs> uh, yeah if he doesn't fight as a fucking monkey then fuck him <laughs> I'm still mad I tell strangers about that at <laughs> <laughs> work do, do you tell about to the N-word stop now? them from arguing about how the NFL is fixed? You're like, uh, do you ever see that new Transformers? Sweating. Yeah, so the you know the monkey robot that you think is gonna go, you know, beat his chest like a, like a monkey and then they punch people? Yeah, no, he's just a regular robot. Yeah, so anyways, I think the point shape you're like, fuck, this isn't gonna work. Alright, uh now it's time for What if I try it again? Now it's time for a movie that uh, is on the list, thank god. I was having a withdrawal. This is a movie that Parker enjoyed and I did not like very much. And uh, Alex, I know you're working through the list yourself, but I'm going to have to spoil this movie for you. <laughs> now, this is called The Lodge. The Lodge yeah. is... Yeah. You don't like that. Yeah, I, I don't like this one very much at all. And this is one of the ones where, like... But some of the other ones, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I'm clearly in the minority. This is for horror piggies. But even horror piggies don't like The Lodge. I don't know where Parker's coming from. I guess he just like awkward family dinners. So, I just uh, like to feel bad sometimes. So basically, it's nice to see other people also feeling bad. Yeah. So basically, uh, you got this guy. He's married with two kids. One of the kids is uh, that he's a shitty little Nazi guy from uh, Knives Out, and also he was Bill Denbro in It. And I think he did something else. Was he? Uh, was he Henry in that fucking Book of Henry movie that I hated? I think he was. So I just like hate this guy in most is that, movies. Is that the same guy that was the the autistic kid in the Predator movie? Oh, was it? A different guy? I think I think it's a different guy. I think there's two guys. Right, yeah. I think yeah, yeah I think it's a different yeah, guy. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, he's in this. Kids these days. Yeah, he's in this and he looks very much like he's in his Nazi getup from uh, Knives Out. And uh anyway, he's married with two kids. So he tells his wife, "I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe we should split up or something like that." And she's like, "Oh, okay." She goes to the table and blows her brains out. And uh he's like, oh, "Man, I didn't like her anyway." So instead, I'm going to marry Riley Keough. If you don't know who she is, she was the redhead in Mad Max Fury Road. I'm like, oh, hey, I liked her in that movie. Maybe she'll be good in this. She's fine, I guess. Well, the kids don't like her very much. It's her fault that the mom killed herself. Doesn't really make sense to me. So uh, they go and they look this woman up online. They're a new mommy. And turns out that she was the only survivor of a religious cult that all killed themselves. 
And uh, so she's had to be like deprogrammed from the cold. She's clearly going through some stuff. But uh, hey, she loves their daddy and their daddy loves her. And he's like, hey, how about we all go out to a vacation in the snow in a lodge with no electricity? And the kids are like, oh, come on. We don't want to do that. And he's like, oh, I'm bringing your stepmom. And they're like, we don't, we don't like her. Come on, don't do this. Anyway, he's like, oh, too bad you have to do it. So they go out there. And he's like, I'm going to go into store and uh, leave you two behind, leave you three behind. You kids get along with your stepmom. And they're like, oh, we will. And uh, she's trying to get along with them, and they're just fucking obnoxious, like, the whole time. Just insufferable. And uh, eventually she passes out, because one of them, I think, like, leaves a gas canister on or something like that. And she wakes up, and all the food is gone. And uh, stuff is, a bunch of stuff is missing. Her medicine is missing. She has to go through, like, withdrawal and everything, and she's hallucinating. And uh, the kids are like, I think I know what happened. I think I know why we're all suffering like this. We must have died in the snow uh, of cold. And we all went to, we're all dead now, and we're, you know, walking in purgatory. The only way to get out is to get out of this is if we kill ourselves. And the boy even hangs himself. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I hated that kid. Anyway, she's fully into it. She, uh, she is uh, about to kill herself or something like that. Actually, I think she's going to kill all of them. She's like, now I'm back in the cult's uh, mindset. And they're like, okay, okay, we took this too far. It turns out we were just gaslighting you the whole time to try to make you kill yourself because we don't want you as her stepmom anymore. And she's like, too bad. You can't trick me. You can't talk me out of this. And uh, she kills their dad when he comes back. And uh, before the movie ends, she's going to kill them. There's like a gun on the table. So I love the ending uh, because I wanted those. No, I'm not kidding. I actually, this is one of those weird times where I'm watching a movie. I'm like, I am glad those kids are dead. I'm glad they're going to get killed. Absolutely. They deserve They this. suck so fucking I was, bad. I was actually mad at them the entire movie i was like that is one of the most fucking evil I, things i'm oh, sorry go ahead i think so i ended up rating it higher because like a coward's move would not be to do that but in fact right. this movie's like no these kids suck she's going to murder these children who suck and you're like hell yeah dude yeah yeah okay good, yeah. good job sticking to it yeah that's the thing it's like other than that i don't know it just wasn't very interesting because i've seen trapped in the snow movies before and usually they're pretty good because like the shining the thing and then you get this it's not really that good. There are some mildly interesting moments, but ultimately, even the ending doing exactly what I wanted it to do isn't good enough for uh, me to like actually say I like this. So I don't know. It's not I remember me. appreciating it. Does the thing where it's like oh, these kids don't like the new stepmom. We're gonna go on a vacation. Hey, I'm gonna step into town for a bit. You three get to know each other instead of being like some fucking parrot trap thing where they all like cook together and start like singing and dancing. They just gaslight her until she kills them. A pretty good bit. Yeah. Well, again, I'm also, glad I've not they seen this since like the week it came out. Yeah, I don't know if it would really hold your interest anymore, but uh, I don't see a rewash. Yeah, people people like different things. All right. Uh, next one I liked. Uh, this one's actually pretty good. This is called Honey Boy. Uh, Honey Boy is the. Oh, I got an email. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, is that Parker? No, that was. <laughs> That was making like a B noise or something. No, Outlook got uh, an update in which I usually mute this, so sorry for that. Uh, Outlook <laughs> has the most obnoxiously loud ding uh, for a new email. So, well, now that all that's getting edited out, <laughs> honey boy for me. Well, the next one I watched. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> honey boy is the story of uh, the real life story. Or, loosely based on a true story of uh, Shia LaBeouf who was a child actor and uh, then a drunkard 
And uh, this is based on his life with his father. And uh, this is a radical act of self-love and my truth is on display. It's actually pretty good and uh, some pretty raw emotions in here. Uh, but ultimately, you do kind of feel a little bit of pity for him. And then you look up uh, the uh, legal issues for Shia LaBeouf. And you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Can't blame your dad for that one. Oh, should we put him on bully beatdown? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being interested actually, in that movie and then him being like, actually, no, my dad was really cool. I was like, oh, I'm not fucking watching this then. Oh, Suck my dick, Well, on the, on the subject of his dad, he is like, the only re- the only way I was able to get my dad to sign uh, the rights to his uh, life story on this one were to tell him that Mel Gibson was going to play him. And instead, uh, Shia LaBeouf plays his own father. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> it feels like a bam prank. <laughs> I feel. Check it out. We told April <laughs> that we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get Daniel Day Lewis to play Phil, <laughs> but it's actually gonna be Preston. <laughs> That's not Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh two movies that my dad recommended to me and i'm like all right oh right, i know right off the bat it's just like uh, could these possibly be good actually i like them uh one of them was alita battle angel and uh hell yeah dude yeah man hang on yeah right my dad? i saw that you watched that uh your dad recommending it is really fun let me let me sit in this he, for a second. He pushed multiple times for me to watch Alita. I was like, I don't know, the eyes and everything? I don't know, it looks kind of weird. Oh, so he was like, no, 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 it's really good, and like it makes sense and everything. I'm like, ah, all right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, I, I like Alita. I, it's interesting, because I've seen the original like anime OVA, which is, uh, you can watch it for free on YouTube. It's only like 45 minutes long. There is no Hellquake in that OVA, so... I'm out. Yeah. This one... I assume there's a Hellquake like off screen or something like that, but I I really like this. I like the fact that it tells its story in a way that people in in the movie immediately grasp what's going on, so you don't have to wait for them to like try to figure stuff out. For example, she's a cyborg. Just deal with it. You know, it's like immediately her friends are just like, yeah, that's our cyborg uh, female friend. You know, it's, it's cool. Also, futuristic rollerblading. I'm always in. Okay, this is like rollerball, but uh, she's also got like missiles for hands or something like that. Uh, the dialogue is putrid. That is maybe my biggest criticism of the movie. It's just fucking horribly written. But I didn't care. I I, I just like these characters. I, I like the, the lead actress uh, because it seems like she's always smiling, including when she's not supposed to be smiling. And that kind of adds like a little bit of depth to her character, like she's still figuring out the world. Uh, I, I really liked it. I... Uh, I like these people. I like Christoph Waltz. I like that Ed Norton was in this for five minutes and said nothing. <laughs> uh, which my dad pointed out. I was like, I would not have known that if you if, if you hadn't said anything. Because he's wearing like huge-ass glo- uh, goggles, too. You can't tell it's Ed Norton until you get to the credits. So uh, He's just looming over like, hey, maybe see you next time, possibly. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, I would love a sequel to this. I, I know this is going to sound like a dumbass comparison, but just hear me out on this. I would like to lead a Battle Angel so much more than Ex Machina. And I know that they're completely different movies. They're trying to do completely different things, but they're both about female robots. They're both about, you know, futuristic, like, what-if societies. Man, give me a lead of Battle Angel. This is a movie that's fun. It isn't, like, slow with the soundtrack. is just going, mm, the whole time. 
I, this is uh, wouldn't you want to watch a movie that you enjoy rather than one's like wow that really made me no cool. who who's gonna go back <laughs> look at yourself in the mirror yeah who is who's gonna go back and rewatch Ex Machina for anything other than like sexual deviance you know well actually the same I thing applies that. to someone who liked that movie a lot but then in fact have not ever gone back and exactly how could it, you so I, guess yeah. I, pl- I guess I played myself I'm sorry yeah, yeah see yeah. Uh, also, aren't we getting an Alito Battle Angel too? I think like, so. I think they're. I think they're. Works? I think they're. I think they're working. I'm on not. It. I'm not believing anything until these strikes are over. They're That's, just announcing yeah. shit every other week. It's like this is totally gonna happen, guys. Yeah. Well, they should fold that way. You can get this slot that you want. It yeah. Fucking happen. Next one is one that uh, again, my dad recommended. This is turns out this is what Ed Norton was doing while everyone else was filming Alita Battle Angel. He was filming a movie called Motherless Brooklyn. I my my father and I are the only ones on planet Earth who actually like this movie. I guess everyone else just doesn't like uh, film noirs that were made in 2019. Uh, basic story here is uh, Ed Norton plays like he's not quite a detective. He's more like a detective's lackey, and uh, he's got Tourette's. But set in like late 1940s New York, so it's kind of tough for him to communicate with other people. He doesn't even know what Tourette's is. People don't know what that is, so he has to just say, uh, "My brain's got a condition." And uh, he's really going for it in this one. Who else is it? Uh, Bruce Willis is in this. Uh, Ethan Suppley is actually in this. I, I checked to make sure. Uh, last time Ethan Suppley and, uh, and Ed Norton worked together was American History X, the, uh, the flagship movie of the show. And. Uh, <laughs> Chapel, 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 This movie's also two and a half hours long, and. Most of, the, wow. most of the criticisms I've seen of this are just like, I don't understand what he was going for. It's kind of, what he did is he read the book Mother's Brooklyn and said, they kind of talk like people from the 1940s. Why don't I just said it during the 1940s? And then he added these real life people in there. Like, uh, who's a guy who like made the bridges so low that like the buses couldn't get to the beaches and stuff? It was like Robert Moses, I think his name was. I think that's what, it, or Moses Roberts, I don't know, one of those. And uh, he's played by... Um, uh, Alec Baldwin, who is approaching, yeah. yeah, he is approaching uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson levels of weight. So getting up there in poundage. Uh, is there anything good about this movie? Yes, everything's good about this. Movie. I like the mystery. I like these characters, I like following them around. I will say, I saw the twist coming, and I didn't see the trailer, which isn't a good sign, but. Look, it's it's a good movie. I think people should give this one another shot. Like, it, I, maybe you also have to be in the mood for this oldie timey thing. You know, people wear ties in this movie, and uh, that's all I feel like talking about. I already went too long. Alex, what did you watch? All right, just a couple here to talk about. Uh, let's go ahead and start off by checking in with the uh, our favorite gold miners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the Dakota Boys. I'll, I'll go. I'll go crew by crew here. I feel like that's the best way to do this. So the Dakota Boys are about ready to fill in their glory hole because uh, <laughs> they're, they're just not getting any gold. You know, that makes sense. Get tired of you. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're starting to dump truckloads of rocks back into the glory hole. They're like, wow, man, this is really bittersweet. We've been digging this hole for literally three years, and now we're just gonna give up. And then the girl that works for him is like, wait, wait, look at this big nugget of gold I just found in the sluicer that production definitely didn't put here. We have to give it one more shot. So her and the younger one of the Dakota boys are like, yeah, let's do it. The old guy's like, it's dangerous. We shouldn't be doing this. But they eventually talk him into it. So they build this big elaborate pump system 
But the problem is they don't have enough pipe to actually run their pump all the way into the water. And they're so they're using like oh, so they're <laughs> so they're 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 supplementing on their fucking pump that they need to get all of this gravelly fucking water out of the bottom of their glory hole. They're supplementing it with like a fire hose, so it's like you know hard PVC pipe and then like a flat like canvas pipe, and it almost pulls the uh, it almost pulls their. Uh, um, they're pumping into the water. The old guy's like, "All right, that's it. I'm shutting this down. No amount of gold is worth human lives." So, uh, I don't know what's gonna happen to the Dakota boys. I don't know where they're headed next. Cause this is episode seven of like a twenty episode season. But uh, as of right now, the 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 Dakota boys are done with their glory hole. Uh, let's go ahead and check in on Parker's crew. Um, Hello. So. The big drama of Parker's crew in this episode, a.k.a. the only even sort of competent gold miners on this show, is that before the season, apparently Parker promised Todd Hoffman 100 ounces of gold in exchange for his bulldozer. Uh, and that that deadline is coming up, because, uh, you know, when you can just buy things from the world's biggest dipshit Todd Hoffman, you just gotta do it, right? Um so he needs he needs to get like fifty ounces of gold in this week in order to make sure that Todd can't repossess his bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore the fact that Todd is dicking around in the jungles for a minute. Like, is the, what's he gonna keep, do? Is he gonna they fly keep in? showing they keep showing this clip. Of, yeah, on July first, I'm gonna repo that bulldozer. That little twerp's never gonna know what hit him. It's like. All right, man. Sure, why not? Uh, it took you four days to get like a truck over a bridge. You're not leaving. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so there's obviously a problem. You know, like 50, 50 ounces of gold in the week that they have left is totally attainable. What is the problem, you ask? Well, the bulldozer's so old and shitty that the tracks are breaking, and they've got no other way to break the frozen tundra to get to the gold than using the bulldozer. So Parker's like... What do I do? You know, it's $50,000 to replace these tracks, and it's got to be done at, like, a specialty shop and, like, all this shit. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to get my bulldozer back online. So his solution, of course, is to buy a set of shitty used tracks from a different bulldozer, and rather than get real text to install it, he gets Gene Cheeseman to do it by himself. Like, the, uh, the voiceover guys are abundantly clear that this is not a repair that you just do on the fly because it's fucking moronic too. It uh, doesn't matter. Uh, Gene Cheeseman yells a lot of fuck bombs at the camera people because they keep getting in his way while he's trying to do repairs by himself on this bulldozer while no one else can work. Don't worry about it. Uh, after three days of struggling and slipping the piston off the tracks, he finally gets it running. They're back in business. But are they going to make it in time? Because they're looking at the sluice pans and say, like, wow, there's not a lot of gold in this dirt. And then in the last two minutes, Tony Beats shows up and he's like, oh, actually, you guys mined 70 ounces of gold when you thought you had 15. We're all good. Everything's square. Uh, so no drama there, unfortunately. Uh, where there is drama, however is in South America. Uh, so, to check in with the Hoffman crew, Todd Hoffman's second-in-command has said, fuck this, I'm going home, because Todd is too stupid to mine gold. <laughs> um, and Todd's like, man, you know, I really gotta get Dave back here. He's the key to this operation that has mined no gold. Um, so Todd... <laughs> Todd hires a local guide to help them 
determine where the gold deposits are. And it's literally just some South American dude with a divining rod, like, sticking it in the ground, going, yeah, there's gravel here, you should mine this spot. Like, so, you know, they walk for a while, they find a spot, and Todd's like, well, great, let me get all my stuff over here. But, of course, they're still in the jungle. So he's got to build another jungle road to get to this spot Jesus. where there is allegedly gold. But, you know, you know, they're behind on time, and Todd's running the backhoe himself. So he's like, I'm just going to pave this path. And, like, all of his fucking workers are walking by him going, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like, he has no idea what he's doing. He's not listening to us. He just, like, he gets out of the backhoe and yells at us, and then he runs into a tree and it almost kills two of us. Uh, he knocks over a tree that like, breaks the antenna in the back window off of his backhoe, and he goes, well, damn, I guess there goes the deposit. Uh, <laughs> they keep going for a while. Uh, he gets the fucking, he gets the backhoe stuck on a stump that everyone was telling him to drive around. And he's like, no, nah, it's fine, I'm just gonna go over it. Uh, so this thing is just dumping hydraulic fluid everywhere, because he managed to puncture, you know, a giant steel machine by driving over a fucking stump like an absolute dumbass i'm glad they don't have they, like course, qualified have... people on this show <laughs> uh, uh, if you did it wouldn't be nearly as good because like they're just like reading off the jobs of the three guys that are trying to fix the bulldozer none of whom are todd hoffman uh the, like the the one guy's it's like yeah he used to be a sheet metal worker it's, it's like all right well that, you know he's probably got some experience with this and then he's but he's like an older guy he's like all right i can't turn this thing anymore uh, so they get the young kid to go down there do it. It's like he's got a lot of experience collecting garbage. So they yell at him to turn a wrench, and he turns the wrench. But he's like, "Guys, I don't see any threads on this." And then the first guy goes, "Oh shit, we return it the wrong way," because um, uh, that's how things are going. Uh, it's okay because they've got three days to do this because that's how long it takes them to get another one hundred gallons of hydraulic fluid to keep the backhoe running. Uh, they do get it fixed. Their their fix works. It goes to commercial. It comes back from commercial, and the first thing you see is the backhoe half submerged in water. <laughs> it's like, what, did you drive another hundred feet and get it stuck again? But uh, all's well that ends well for the Hoffman crew, or so we're led to believe. Because they finally get to their spot, and they dig a test hole. And in their test hole, they get a little bit of gold, finally. Oh, the first gold they've seen in seven or eight hours of this show this season. They've been there for over a month at this point. But also, there be diamonds in that gravel. <laughs> so now Todd's got big old dollar signs in his eyes. Because he's thinking that despite the fact that you he's... You trade the diamonds for gold. Mining gold. <laughs> he's just going to get golden diamonds at the same time. Uh, we'll see how that works out for him as the season continues. <laughs> I fucking love Gold Rush, dude. He's, There's I love him. <laughs> the fact that this guy that they managed to rope into doing like fucking fourteen seasons of this stupid gold mining show is just the world's biggest dipshit. Makes me so happy. I he's he's a treasure. We need to protect Todd Hoffman at all costs, unless it involves bailing out his gold mining operation. <laughs> Hey, man, you want to come on our show? We'll trade you some gold for it, you fucking moron. <laughs> Just every... T the, the fact that all of the drama from fucking Parker's crew for this entire season of, you know, people that are ostensibly competent at this is just like... Yeah, this teenager bought a bunch of Todd Hoffman's equipment, so now our operation sucks, too. 
It's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I could have told you that, buddy. We bought equipment from the dumbest motherfucker that's ever lived. Why isn't it working? <laughs> I'm obsessed with Todd Often. He's, maybe you'll be, uh, maybe you'll be visiting him again this coming oh, week. God, I hope uh, so. We'll see how your teams did. Uh, got two movies to talk about. One of which I'm going to tag team with Parker here in a minute. But uh, the other of which uh, I believe Parker watched a couple months ago and talked about called Cobweb. Yeah. Uh, you liked this, right? Oh, yeah. It's very derivative and silly. I had a great time. It's... I think this is one of those movies. Like, I, I had a fine time watching it. You know, it's, what, maybe 90 minutes. Um, the story's pretty self-contained. Uh, there are, there's stuff going on that's interesting, at least for a while, but at some point, this movie just overwhelmed me with things that I've seen a million times in other movies to the point where I was just, I, this, this was like a four-star movie 45 minutes in and a two-star movie by the end. It's like, oh, so the, the, the whole plot is like, there's this kid, um, he's got like his parents are, like, a little bit off, you know, part of the mystery is like, oh, I wonder what's up with them, and there's something talking to him from the other side of the wall in his bedroom, and, you know, we as the viewer don't know, like, what's going on, like, is this real or imagines, is this a ghost, is there someone in the walls, like, what's going on here, oh, it could be anything, so, you know, like, there's, there's enough of a hook there, like, the, the, the voice tells him to stand up for himself at school, there's bullies, they step on his pumpkin because it takes place at Halloween, because of course it does. So then he pushes one of the bullies down the stairs and his leg gets all mangled. Um, yeah, a lot of that stuff going on. Things that you've seen in how many fucking movies at this point. And I think it was roughly the point where the kid goes in the backyard because the voice tells him to. And their backyard is just a pumpkin patch for literally no reason. <laughs> that I was like, alright, fuck this, come on. Like, My first we, one was... When uh, the kids in school was like, "All right, everyone, start drawing," and you're like, "Okay, draw the creepy thing." Oh, he did it. That was my first sign of like, "Oh, this is gonna be a lot of shit I've seen before." Uh, there is like there is some good here. Like again, I think that this is. I don't know if this is a case of like somebody making their first like real movie and just putting everything they've ever seen in another movie into it or what, but like. This is the only time I haven't hated Lizzie Kaplan in a movie, so there's that. I mean this, and now you see me too, of course. You love her in that. Let's go with that, why not? (laughs) Uh, It was just an illusion, pretending that uh, she was the worst fucking part of that movie. I just, uh, you know, you stare at too many pizza boxes, these things tend to happen. But, uh, um, so, like, the second act, the movie's, like, starting to lose me. Uh, We start to learn, like, what's going on. Uh, Spoilers, but not really. Uh... It turns out the uh, the voice on the other side of the wall is actually his sister, who is also a demon. Uh, and basically, the, the, the voice is like, hey, you have to get me out of here. You have to kill our parents in order to save me. So he does that, and then Lizzie Kaplan's last words as she's dying at the end of the second act are, whatever you do, don't let her out. At which point, you as the viewer are like, oh, I know where this third act is going. So he lets her out. And she's some horrifying demon monster who goes around the house murdering all the bullies who have showed up in Halloween masks to do vandalism on their house on Halloween. Because, again, there's just too much movie here. Like, 
you couldn't care less about this bully subplot until they show up in their stupid little rabbit masks and be like, yeah, let's smash this piano. And then there's a demon crawling on the ceiling that starts murdering them. And then, you know, this is one of those movies where they go out of their, out of their way to not show you the creature until the very end. And then you see the creature... And it's just one of the guys from Avatar. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that looks like shit. Let's <laughs> just drop this another star. Like, what the fuck? Why? Why? Just don't show me at this point. This You're looks not, like garbage. Like 80 minutes in and finally going to see it's like, oh, just a weird little spider lady. All right, whatever, yeah. man. Whatever you say. Also, like, the whole time, like, the parents are being creepy, but... And you're you're like oh well these parents are abusive they have like they like send the kid to their fucking basement dungeon like the dad's just like menacing the substitute teacher when she comes to check on the kid and all this there's like it's like oh this is really weird it's like oh so it's because they have a demon baby okay I get it wait why didn't they just murder the demon baby the first chance they got what the fuck is happening in this yeah movie? snuff that thing out immediately literally the first scene in the movie is the kid being like hey there's something knocking on the other side of the walls. And the hyper-paranoid mom comes into the room, knocks back on the walls, and goes, it must be your imagination, and walks away. It's like, bitch, you have another fucking demon thing living in your walls, and you're completely unconcerned with this? Like, what? Like, it just, it's, I feel like they do that intentionally, so they don't give away where the movie's going too quickly, but also... I don't believe that this character would ever act like that for even a fucking second, and I shouldn't have to think about that in this dumbass PG-13 horror movie. But, uh, yeah, man, there was a lot of potential there that I feel like got wasted by the end of the runtime, and I was... You know, it's got the right vibe for a movie that you watch the day before Halloween, but uh, ultimately I felt a little let down by this one. Uh, My favorite part by far was, uh, I forget his name, but the guy that plays Homelander. How many um, scenes are him just, like, staring menacingly in the background? This little child. Him just having that. Because <laughs> that's, like, my favorite part of The Boys is, like, every scene he's in, it just has that underlying tension of, like, I could fucking kill you right now. I swear to God. If you say one more thing, I could just fucking do it. And he's just bringing that energy to being a dad. And it's really funny to me. It is. And it's it's a good performance. But also, like, does it make yeah, nothing any makes sense, sense in this movie? If you think about literally anything. It's definitely... I think that's why I compared it to like a fucking creep show, Tales from the Crypt thing, because uh, you don't use a lot of logic in those. You get from point A to point B and be like, I don't know, man, there's a monster. Why didn't they kill the monster? Because then we don't have a movie. Like, oh, well, yeah, okay, sure, but which isn't I, I, that's not an excuse at yeah. all. But that's clearly the thinking of like, well, if they snuff it out, then we don't have a movie. So I don't know. They just decide it's easier to let this monster live in their walls for twenty years. I, it's like I'm not I'm not trying to sit here and act like oh I'm too smart for horror movies like I know these for dipshits I want to be a dipshit sometimes whoa too. all right it's fine like intellectual oh sorry <laughs> I should, you're right I should defer to the, uh, the experts my, I apologize yeah okay these but, are actually uh, for stupid people yeah, like, <laughs> I'm only the apprentice and so remember he's the expert right at some point like these movies can just get too stupid and it's it's kind of frustrating because like. I'm here for a lot of the vibes at different points in this movie. If this had been, like, three different, completely unrelated movies, I probably would have liked all three of them. But there's too much going on, and none of it works together. And it kind of bummed me out, because I was hoping this was going to be a little bit better after the first act. Because the first act is, you know, pretty interesting, when you know literally nothing that's going on. Oh yeah, I get it. It could be actually good and not stupid good. Understandable. Yeah. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to be, like actually good just you know 
entertain me without being like, oh, no. And now he has to go find the skull in the backyard. Oh, there's a pumpkin blight. Oh, wow, isn't that ominous? You know, like, it's just it's too much, man. Like, it's okay to have restraint when you're making a movie. Especially when you're not, you know, going over 100 minutes. Uh, but let's talk about a movie that uh, did not bother to use restraint. Um, now, as many of you know, <laughs> because I talked about it on here, uh, I lured myself up with YouTube videos on the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise a few months ago. The reason I did this was because I was shocked to find out that it wasn't just like a little silly little jump scare Chuck E. Cheese game. And that apparently there is a frankly Star Wars EU level of lore surrounding this shit. So, uh, Parker, you know none of this. Um, Correct. We're, we're, were you aware that this series, I mean, I'm sure you knew it had lore on some level, but were you aware of how important the lore was to literally any of this? No. Like, so I watch this movie, right? And like, on my YouTube feed, like, ah, oh, the abridged version of the history of Freddy fucking whatever the bear's name is. It's like four and a half hours. I'm like, you, that's one character. Yeah. I, I, look, I, my time is not valuable. But it's more valuable than that. I simply don't have the time to immerse myself in this. Now, if I was 12, this would probably be my personality. But that's different. Oh, yeah, 100%. And again, you know, when you talk about movies that are for the fans, like, this is for those little 12-year-old piggies that are seeing the first movie in theaters that they've seen since their parents forced them to go to Top Gun. Like, it's... <laughs> I, I, I know who the audience of this movie is. And that's fine. And look, before I go further, the movie this reminded me the most of was something that Chris assigned me. The Steven Universe movie. Oh. <laughs> because it's like, it's it's just so clearly in its own world. And like, if you understand the beats of this, like, from what I understand, and again, I am the closest thing to an expert we have, but not close to a real expert. Other than, like, referencing a lot of the concepts in lore, this is not particularly lore accurate. So it's not like they're just doing this, like, huge lore send-up. But it's also very apparent the people that made the movie, like, are familiar with the lore because of the way they cribbed from parts of it and combined things here and this and that. So, like, it's clearly made with that in mind. And knowing that stuff does help your experience of watching the movie. But man, if nobody told you before you went in that you needed lore for this and you thought this was just like a silly little PG-13 horror movie for Zoomers, you were in for a rude awakening, as I'm sure Parker would love to talk about. An hour and 50 minutes. Correct. <laughs> I don't understand. Because, like, I've heard they, they changed a lot of the lore, so it's like, okay, so if you're one of those Zoomers who's obsessed with the lore... You're gonna be mad that they change a bunch of it, and if you're not one of them, you're gonna be, you're gonna be really confused as to what any of this is and why. Because uh, so, much like cobwebs, if you think about this for thirty seconds, you're like, "Well, it doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense." What the fuck are you, you talking know, about? I I will only push back on that to this extent. Uh, two things. The first is that I think the zoomers that like the lore really like this movie, from what I can tell. And it's a lot of, like, yeah, this wasn't accurate, but I can't believe I saw Five Nights at Freddy's on the big screen. Which uh, I can see that. I, I've had that reaction to things before. I get it. Um, the, the thing with the Five Nights at Freddy's universe is 
it demands you to accept the premise that the spirits of these children are possessing animatronics. And if that's too much for you, that's fine. But if you can accept that premise, the rest of it is close enough to making sense. Like, it's not as all over the place as you think it is. You can go ahead and go through the movie beat by beat, and I will jump in and explain the lore to you if you think that's the best way to do this. Beat because... by beat? Like, half the movie is fucking him <laughs> dreaming about his kidnapped little brother. <laughs> Every yeah. single scene ends with him just falling asleep. Like, all right, I'm going to try and dream my way to find out who kidnapped him. I wonder if it's the only other human actor in this movie. <laughs> it is really funny to have Matthew Lillard as the, the fucking temp agency guy at the beginning of the movie never to be heard from again just be like oh i know that guy's gonna come back for the climax i bet he's the big bad huh yeah i wonder who the villain is (laughs) he's the biggest star the next biggest star is josh hutcherson i wonder who the villain is um i I will say uh sometimes you watch a movie and we've all done this where we think like i don't think this is for me and the further it got in i was like you know what i don't like this but this is very specifically not made for me, so, like, what, am I going to fucking stand on my soapbox and complain that the movie that was made for someone else made $100 million opening week? Like, yeah, it has an audience. This movie, like, it was day of release streaming on Peacock. None of these kids had to go to the theaters. Every single one of them could have hopped on their mom's account that they used to watch Below Deck and watch it for free, but it still made $100 million. Like... This is made for a specific audience, and they all went in droves, so it really doesn't matter that I think it's absolute butt cheeks. However. To be clear, it is absolute butt cheeks, and we will absolutely do our part as the unbiased reviewers that we are on this show to make that point apparent. Um, First things first, uh, Parker, did you know while you were watching that movie that those animatronic suits were a practical effect? That was the one thing I knew, and they look incredible, honestly. I did not find that out until several hours after I watched it. I just assumed they were CG, and I don't think that's ever happened before. No, those I, look I don't... insanely good. Yeah, they, they did. Um, I just, I because they're so, you know, cartoony in the way that they are, like, I, I, I just assumed, like, oh, that's just a fucking CG effect. But no, you know, props to them for doing that practical, even if, uh, you know, <laughs> they don't do a ton with it. Um, God, where okay. do we start with this? Uh, well, as someone who <laughs> we can just start talking about lore, <laughs> yeah, as someone who can barely string a sentence together, I'm not the go-to person on whether something has good writing or not. However, there are several scenes in this movie where I'm like, "Oh, that's probably from a different script." Like the very end when she draws the picture to reveal to the ghost kids, like, "No, actually, that's the guy that killed you." And then they all look at the little crayon picture and then they turn on him. It's like. I bet that was a thing, like, two scripts ago that got whittled down to this one scene. And we're supposed to be like, ah, sure, why not? So... Super convenient. Knowing what the lore is, um, and knowing what the amalgamations that the characters that are in this movie are kind of supposed to be, kind of makes me a little bit more sympathetic to a lot of the choices like that. Like, okay, so, um, in the lore... Alright, so, the the guy that Matthew Lillard plays is the guy that, you know, invented the suits and shit, and all the events of all the kids dying and stuff were sparked not by him just being a weird kidnapper for no reason, but because his middle son died, 
or was killed by one of the suits when mm-hmm. his oldest son, who is supposed to be the main character, who isn't his son in this movie, uh, they like they're like fucking with the kid because the kid's afraid of the animatronics. They put his head in the animatronic and it bites down, and the kid's soul gets sucked into it. And that's like the okay. the jumping off event okay. for like all of this. Yes. Okay. Now again, so so there's no kidnapping in the real lore, but you know. Now that you know that and how convoluted that would sound in a movie, but yeah, it's just this fuck up security guard and his little brother got kidnapped. I started instinctively yeah. just rubbing my temple, like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking yes. about? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the I, only thing I know about this game is you're a security guard, the door is unlocked, and you gotta survive till dawn. That's all I know. Yeah. Which makes me think, hey, that's probably not enough for a movie, and that's probably correct. I, I think there's more than enough for a movie, but that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you see, the little girl in this is, like, an amalgamation of a couple other different characters, including that guy's youngest daughter, who was also killed by animatronics, and was put inside the baby costume that they were trying to put this little girl in. Ah, I uh, see. So, like, that, when you see, like, the, the weird little, like, circus baby costume, like, that's that's the lore reference. That's that's oh my God. that's so where the like, piggies are going. Like I know what that is, yeah. So this is like when you see a Marvel movie and they name drop something you've never heard of, and someone goes... Woo! That's, <laughs> yes. just, that's a lot of, literally okay. yes. yes. Okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. Like, got like you. fucking, so much of this movie is that. Like, okay. even when they're talking about the yellow rabbit the whole time, like everybody in the audience is going, oh, "That's Spring Bonnie," and you're just like, "Bro, what the fuck are you guys <laughs> talking about?" But uh, and you're just like, "Sir, can you please turn, sir? I can hear the clicking on your keyboard. Please, I'm begging you." Yeah. The. That series has, like, nine games and several companion novels, not to mention all of the fan content. The timeline of that series spans, like, 70 years. Dude, the so, first uh, time I was stalking books and saw, like, oh, Five Nights at Freddy's, I just stared at it like, I don't understand. Yeah. This is a movie where you just watch security. How is there a junior novel? What What is this? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know yeah. that because life's too short. Uh, you, you shouldn't. That's correct. Um... But yeah, so like, you know, you're watching that movie if you know what this is. Like, he's having those dreams about those kids. You're like, oh, those are the dead kids in the suits. Like, you know that immediately <laughs> if you know what's going on. Otherwise, it's just like, why are we back in the forest? <laughs> like, so we spin. Yeah, I mean, as soon as we see like five random kids he's never seen before and you see the animatronics moving, you're like, okay, I can piece these two together. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, Hopefully you know, we don't take 75 minutes to get to this part. <laughs> Oops. If you're n- If you're not an idiot, you can figure out most of what's going on yeah, here but again it's but, not for us like i'm not right. trying to exactly exactly like that'd be like when... me going to watch fucking paw patrol and be like yeah i bet they catch the bad guy yeah no shit moron. <laughs> it's not it's not for me yeah so uh you know when uh when freddy shows up at the the evil aunt that's trying to get all the welfare money's house and kills the <laughs> Dude, shit out of her off screen well we gotta talk about that whole right. subplot what the all fuck? right uh, well, uh, before we talk about it, let me just say this. That's a different Freddy than the other Freddy. And you're supposed to know that. What? Yeah, there's two Freddies. That's the one that the, the little brother is in. Uh, don't worry about it. And I'm, I'm you sure know what? You're, you're... I won't worry about it. Thank you. Yeah, I, and I'm sure you're sitting here because, you know, everyone does and goes, Oh, well, that makes sense because there's five kids in the dream, but there's only four animatronic suits. But also that kid's not in the dream. So, the question that I was left with was, is that little flying cupcake also possessed by a kid? Yeah, and how raw the... of a deal did that kid get? Yeah, we were wondering, like, did you put a kid's head in it? Like, what the, what the fuck I, happened I, here? I, I don't know. A question like, that, that will one... never yeah. be answered. 
Correct. A movie that uh, throws a lot of questions at you where if you think about it for two seconds, because like the driving force of this plot is, I mean, raise your hand if you uh, weren't paying attention. You're like, wait, that's his sister, not his daughter? Who fucking cares? Because that happened to this guy here. Uh-huh. But the mean, evil aunt wants to take custody of his sister away. And that's what drives him to get the job, because he's got to pay lawyer fees and all this shit. And he's got to prove he's... I mean, he's a good guy. He's a good Samaritan. He just wants to protect people. And then she gets murdered off screen by a giant animatronic bear. And you're supposed <laughs> to end this movie correct. and be like, well... I wonder who they're going to look at first when she turns up dead. Hey, the person you have like this huge legal issue with, you're trying to take custody of his family. Uh, you look like you just got the shit beat out of you and she's dead. Do you want to come talk to us? What happened that night? Oh, the bears were moving? Okay, well, enjoy prison forever. No, hey, it's cool though, because he's got an alibi, because he was at work and that lady cop was there. You want to talk about her? Oh, the lady cop whose every line of dialogue is just like, fucking black dynamite reading in the fucking Dude, emotion notes i so like obviously that character is annoying and kind of bad but also that's the most realistic portrayal of like a character doing exposition in a video game i've ever seen in my life <laughs> and also that character's not in the games <laughs> it, feels like, <laughs> it feels like they got to a point they're like look we're condensing so much and we don't have that we're already almost pushing two hours we just need to have a character to walk in and explain everything. So every scene is just her walking in and having like a three minute uninterrupted dialogue about the history of this pizza place. Or what she, if she's feeling an emotion, she's going to tell you what she's feeling, why she's feeling it, and why he needs to leave. And also, here's what happened here. And I'm mad about it. And you should not bring your sister here. Like, what? I'm... I'm so thankful for that character, because without that character, this movie's two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that had to be, come later in the process of, like, we either we add 30 minutes or we just cast yeah. someone. Yeah, because, like, that character is probably also an amalgamation of other characters who aren't Matthew Lillard's daughter. But in this, you know, they just kind of go with it. Just shoot, um, shoot him in the head. Yeah. Just shoot him in the head. Much like in Cobweb, shoot him in the head. It's, the I, problem's I, over. Yeah. Because if you think about the thing, it's like, okay, all the kids went missing. It's like, did they not? Seems like a small town. Just like, uh, did, did you check everywhere? Or let me well, guess. Let me guess. There's a reason. <laughs> of course there is. The cops looked everywhere except inside the suits. Fuck because in, inside the they, they act the literal bodies of the children are inside the suits. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. like, look, you know me. I'm not smart. I don't try and go into every movie trying to outsmart it so I can cross my arms and go, uh, plot hole, cinema sin, count them. But also, you ain't gonna smell dead bodies in there? Like, come on, give me something. Common Just, criticism of the entire franchise. Don't okay. worry. Okay, thank you. Like, Again, I never want to try and outsmart a movie because that's just not a fun way to engage with media. But that has to be your first thought. It's like, hey, it smells like dead child in here. Uh, Parker, what if I told you that this town that is happening around doesn't mm -hmm. actually ignore what's going on and it becomes a big urban legend about how some kids disappeared at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza and in one of the games, they turn Freddy Fazbear's Pizza into a haunted house. I, if that's the sequel, I'll be back. I'll watch that yeah. movie. 
I think that's that's the second or the third game. I don't know. That doesn't fucking matter. It's one of the games. The, all the games are fucking out of order in the timeline anyway. Of course. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, so why, much- why? Yeah, you can't just. Yeah. Um, the line I wrote down that really stuck with me, the one line of dialogue, is when the cop explains to to our main character, it's not just their ghosts, it's their bodies. Uh, personally, I feel like the ghost, the spirit of a child being stuck inside is a lot scarier than just a corpse. But hey, whatever. Uh, my big issue with this movie, like the biggest thing that's going to be a sticking point is... As we've said multiple times, it's made for a specific audience. And for that audience, this movie can't be R-rated. So if you're not that audience, uh, you're watching two hours of bloodless kills that don't make any sense. <laughs> like, it's not it's not and what it's, you want it to be. And it's not many kills either. This, no. Uh, Dude, the, the, they hire <laughs> goons to rough up the abandoned pizza place so he loses his security job. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's a good bit. It's an incredible bit just to have a bunch of like big English heavies come in to I, uh, run I, to break windows and then get killed by a fucking animatronic bear. I also really love the fat lawyer character who was too fat to get out of the diner booth and he was having to be forced <laughs> to listen to all of his clients' crimes. That's a good bit too. Uh, to further prove it's not for me, uh, finding out afterwards like, oh yeah, that's like a big YouTuber there. I'm like. He yeah, put a gun to my head. I could, those, I could point that dude out of a fucking lineup, and apparently it, that was like a big moment for these fans. I don't know yeah. what the fuck this is. Uh, exact same thing with the credit song. Apparently that's like a big piece of like fan media from like I don't fucking know when, but uh, I, I I've done my diligence on uh <laughs> who and what is in this movie. Um, because uh, like <laughs> when I was walking out of the theater, <laughs> these fucking zoomers in front of me were like. Man, why wasn't Markiplier in there? I'm like, are you guys fucking serious right now? <laughs> Look, I, but, uh... I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound like I'm being an asshole, but I promise I'm not. Good for them. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad they had this. Yeah. This is I, I not mean... for me. I watched it on my couch. It was bad. So was just about everything else I watched. It's whatever. Life moves on. Yeah. Like, like it, the, the big problem with this is... I guess I don't really know how you're supposed to market this because you can't just go out and say, "Hey, normies, don't come to this movie. It's not for you." Because I think a lot of people probably went into this thinking it was just like a, a horror movie about evil animatronics. And that's what I sure thought. And it's like <laughs> this, like, isn't a horror movie. <laughs> not at all. More of a thriller, but you know. Um, yeah, I've always. Yeah, said that. Th- there's like. There's what maybe ten minutes of horror elements in this whole fucking thing, like if that. It's it's a but fucking also, lore movie you know, like, about a abandoned pizza place. But like also this movie is like for younger crowds. I guarantee most screenings had like a kid that was excited about the lore walk out after that opening scene where the security guard's face gets put in that mask. I bet there uh, were tons of scared kid walkouts. Like uh oh oh contraire, there is uh, a lot of speculation in the fan community that what we actually saw was the bite of eighty seven. Uh, what is the bite of '87? You ask. I did. Uh, I was about to ask that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I didn't want to know, but Chris wants to know. Go ahead. Yeah. And tell I, him. That, well, it happened off screen, so there's been a lot of speculation in the fan community about what happened. Good. It happens to one of the characters at the end of the game, one of the other security guards. That's not Michael, because Michael comes back. He's he's the security guard in like four of the games. This other game had some other one who got his frontal lobe bitten off, but survived somehow, which we find out from finding the VHS tapes that are hidden within the pizza parlor. Uh. 
Yeah, there's a lot of that, dude. Is that uh, what I sound like to my friends? <laughs> yes. Fuck, I need to. Uh, literally, yes, yeah. Oh, you didn't have to agree so fast, but thank you. Uh, thank you for letting me know. So Christopher Funny, Lee comes back in the sequel to this show. one, however. I think this is where things get really interesting. Um, <laughs> See, they, they call him Count Dooku, but he's not technically a count. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta rethink something. I, I wait, I'm, I'm still stuck on like the the here. fucking security guard from the first game comes back. For, wouldn't he just leave? That's what I would do. Well, no, the whole thing is like, why would you ask a follow up question? He's, God damn it! I'm so he's tied to the place because like he knows that like his dad killed all these kids and he's trying to like uncover the mystery and like help these kids find. Rest oh, I thought this was gonna be a situation. He feels guilty which, about like, it. And, yeah. I thought he was trying to like. Like, the person who said it was like, oh, you survived the first night, but you can double your money for even more if you survive again. He's just like Josh. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me just uh, jot down a note for the game of games. Uh... Parker, I apologize. <laughs> will you pick the Texans, or will you don the suit? <laughs> but yeah, um, in summation, like, if you don't know about Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, obviously don't bother watching this movie. Uh, if you do know about Five Nights at Freddy's, your mileage may vary because I think it's it's kind of just a clunky movie in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that even the people that like this movie will tell you that it's more comfort food than it is actually good. But uh, if you are a sick little piggy that loves consuming lore about things that you're never going to follow up on, you just sit down with one of those YouTube videos. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's good, but it's at least interesting. I mean, I did fall asleep to that Windigoon video, but that thing was like nine hours long. I saw it, I was like, where did I leave off? I'm not scrubbing through this. <laughs> that was a one and done, and we're good. I yeah, got you know what? I That's fair. Yeah. I let it crawl into my dreams, and none of it stuck, because I was confused this whole time. Uh, that's fair. Confused in a movie that should not be confusing. Should be uh, really straightforward. Uh, it's confusing because yeah. it's just like, hey, you guys know all this, right? But also the things you know got changed. It's like, man... I know now that I know all of this fucking lore that I will carry this burden for the rest of my days. Um, I don't know how you could have made that movie less convoluted. I really don't. Like again, it's about dead kids' ghosts that are possessing animatronics that have some semblance of their humanity, but not a lot of it. And also, they have motivations. And also, there's other characters that are involved. It's there's, it's too much. I don't know how you pare it down either. If you pare it down, then all the actual Five Nights at Freddy's fans also fucking hate it. You just take the money from these teenagers. It's free money. Just you, I get it. It's it's all it's a business. I understand, but uh, I don't know how you could have made this less stupid, which makes me want to be a little bit more lenient to it. Although it's really really hard. Yeah, it's. I'm just treating it like a comic book fans treated the movies before like the MCU was a thing. It's like yeah, they changed everything and it fucking sucks. But I got to see it on the screen, so it's fine. Yep. Like, and uh, that's apparently how the Zoomers feel about it. Look, I never thought I'd get to see Cyclops. Sure, he fucking sucks, but hey, I got to see Cyclops in a movie. Like, all right, man, hey, you do you. I was excited as a kid when I saw X-Men, and I'd never read an X-Men comic. I didn't give a shit about Spider-Man, but that changed my life as a child. I'm sure you're having a great time. Also, if you're a huge lore fan and you're listening to this... You got school in the morning. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, you're right. I do. I forgot. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, 
Parker, let me hand off to you. What did you watch? Let me hand off to the bathroom. I'm dying. No, yeah, good. I chugged a gigantic Red Bull while I was waiting. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Just the people needed to know about Five Nights at Freddy's. Right, exactly. Oh, understandable. Why else, do, why else do you think I watched it? Yeah. We'll see how quickly <laughs> I can make a sandwich. Uh, Hell yeah, dude. I was honestly expecting you to see that I watched it and then go, cool, I don't have to. Oh, no. The, the oh, autism no, not how desire for content yeah. is... <laughs> Had to be done. Yeah. Also, if you texted me and asked me if you should watch it, I would have said under no circumstances. So. But also, that would have made yeah, me watch it more. I wouldn't. Have, yeah, I know. I know. There's I, no I universe in which I wasn't watching this. That is completely fair, especially day one Peacock release. Yeah, got to do it. <laughs> I've just made Sleepy Hollow like a yearly watch at this point. Good call. Good call. Our fall starts like. The last week of October, and then it's already 30 degrees outside, so it's, it's winter now. It hey, good news. Sucks. That's exactly what happened here this year for the first time, like, ever. Yeah, fucking, fucking miserable. It was 78 degrees two weeks ago, and now it's 30. Like, what the yeah, fuck? same. That's not good. We shouldn't have the same weather. That is a problem. It's probably fine, though. We'll be okay. Yeah, you definitely won't get any snow that your power grid can't handle. Love to wear a t-shirt last week and then last night have to drip my faucets. It's good. It's normal. It's, everything's fine. Um, so I watch this like every year now. And every year, I forget until I'm watching it that Christopher Walken's a headless horseman with a big old razor sharp teeth. <laughs> it always catches me off guard. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's how, right. How do you forget that? That's like my draw. That's the only thing that I remember. <laughs> I would remember that before I remember Johnny Depp is Ichabod Crane. Oh my god, that's right, he is. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's Tim Burton. A little you know. blast got, from the ass. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, gun to my head, guys counting down from ten. I probably get it on, like, two or three. Yeah. But, you know, still. I think about it. I just watched this movie. I don't know why more directors don't go this route, where you just, like, all right, you've got your hot young lead that, like, people want to see. And then you just pat out the entire cast with, like, incredible character actors. And then also Jeffrey Jones. Well, the, the patron saint of this show. <laughs> I mean, who keeps popping up? Um, what I love about this movie so much is, like, there are so many directors out now where if this story got adapted, it'd get the fucking A24 right, treatment. Yeah. It would just be, like, this slow, melodic yeah. thing about grief and death. And instead, uh, say what you will about Tim Burton, and I will and have and will do again. But so many people get decapitated so fast that their heads spin off like a Looney Tune before flying off their body. <laughs> and that's the right way to treat this story. Like, it's Correct. Incredible. Of course. Good. Man just gets it. Um, the Ari Aster version of this movie won't have a horse jumping out of a dead tree. That's, that's not uh, in production, right? Point. Are you just doing a bit that he's not actually making no, this? I'm just doing that. Thank I'm God. Just, All right. Cause... I like to upset you. Whoa. I mean, because look, Alex is like, hey, Alita 2 is already in production. I'm like, All right. And uh, thank goodness someone else reads the movie news that I don't care about. And then Parker's just like, yeah, and Ari Aster directing Ichabod. I'm going to start just throwing in shit like that just Man, to like, wake you that up. <laughs> fucking, whoa. Ooh. Let's see. Which of these do I want to talk about here? The answer is not many. I watched a lot of garbage this week. Um, oh, so Alex, you specifically, this is a new Hell House movie. I heard it is uh, <laughs> a lot better than two and three, which is a very low bar to clear. I still haven't seen three. I think I said this, but a couple weeks ago we put on two and got ten minutes in and realized we'd already seen it and turned it off and didn't look for three. <laughs> That's the right call. 
Um, it's a lot. It's still not as good as one. One is like one of my all-time favorite. Yeah, one is like movies. legitimately good. Chris here. <laughs> um, prequel is it's not as good to me, but it's way better than the other two. All and right. it focuses a lot on those clowns. Let me tell you. Um, look, if you want to watch something on how around Halloween or something scary, like having someone enter a room where there's a clown where it's not supposed to be, and then they look away and look back, and then the clown's looking at them. It's gonna work. I'm sorry. That's that's an easy formula. It's gonna work every time. And in a uh, true found footage fashion, of uh, all the actors are fucking horrendous. <laughs> that's what you love to see. <laughs> Hell yeah. I wouldn't want it any other way. Absolutely not. Uh, um, hold on. Did we lose? No, no. I'm still here. I'm just licking my fingers. Okay. I didn't want to okay. do that on camera. Oh my god, that sandwich is so fucking good. Oh um, boy, you ate. God damn, nice. I can fucking shove them away. Um, there's a movie that I'm going to talk about because it was on Prime and if I don't talk about it now I'm going to forget about it forever it's one of those movies where you open the app and it's one of like the 5 or 6 movies at the top and then now that it's not October I bet it's already gone it was called Totally Killer a movie that I did not know was going to be about time travel which was oh, let's go. quite a surprise for me um, the setup is that like back in the 80's there was this serial killer that killed these uh, 3 students and then in current day, it, the killer comes back and kills the mom. And then the daughter accidentally goes back in time to the 80s and tries to prevent all the murders. Oh. So again, uh, I didn't read the description. I was just like, yeah, sure, throw this on. Because I just watched Five Nights at Freddy's and wanted to watch something else. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even get a check out of it. No. <laughs> what I enjoy about this movie a lot is, uh, so she goes back in time, and it's the 80s. And the big, not really a twist, but like the big reveal is that her mom and her the other kids that died are just huge cunts. Like, just the worst fucking people. Absolute bullies, miserable pricks. So she's desperately trying to save her mom's life while also having to reckon with the fact that her mom is a humongous piece of shit bully. Typical 80s asshole. Uh, my favorite little bit is... Uh, in current day, the, she, she goes to her high school and you just see in the background like, ah, the so-and-so Red Devils and like... There's just like a little demon face, and then she goes back in time to the '80s, and it's the Red Devils with an Indian face. And I'm like, that's that's a pretty good bit. <laughs> that's good. That's good stuff. It really got me. Fuck. <laughs> it's, it really did a lot for me. Um, it's it's fine. Like it's a solid like three star movie. I wouldn't go out of my way, but I just wanted to bring it up because. Again, it will literally just be gone from my memory because, like every other straight-to-streaming movie, once it's no longer featured, good luck fucking finding it. But I had a good time with it. Chris, I know you like the Final Girls, and I think that does the mother mother-daughter stuff better. But like this, it's still pretty solid here. I'll check it out. This sounds like now. some of the other Alex would enjoy. That is a compliment. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. I, <laughs> hey, man, that I, was... Maybe uh, I meant two stars. I hated it. Uh... <laughs> Situation. I just have to say, uh, sometimes you have a revelation about yourself as you go to log pet cemetery colon bloodline, and you go to letterbox and you type pet cemetery, and then you have to keep scrolling to find it. And you realize, fuck, dude, there's been four pet cemetery movies. I've seen all of them. I've seen Nary a Godfather, No Apocalypse Now. Like, there are so many actual good movies I've never seen in my life. But I've seen Pet Cemetery, the sequel, the remake, and now the prequel. Even I hey, haven't Chris, seen that uh, many. <laughs> hey, you don't like any of these movies, right? 
Uh, hey, well. do, you, do you remember this? Do you remember the scene in the first one where Her- Herman Munster sits on the table? He's like, "Hey, you know, we tried this before in this town, and it went all shitty." Yeah. Hey, what if that was a whole movie? Would you like that? You know, th- this is uh, one me of the, neither. We were me neither. begging for a movie like this. <laughs> Finally, answering the questions of, "Hey, what happened before?" And the answer is, "He just fucking told you." Do you play the Ramones the in this one too? <laughs> no, you fucking wish, dude. <laughs> Imagine the look on my face when I'm watching this dog shit movie that sucks, and this little fucking moron kid comes from back back from the war. But something's wrong with him. I hope he didn't die and wasn't buried in the pet cemetery or something. And then his dad comes in and it's just an old ass David Duchovny. I'm like, what? what? The fuck <laughs> is oh, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! He can still get good work. Well, I don't think he, he wants it. For two. <laughs> I know. He's so happily retired. I, he I don't get it. Maybe he's doing this as a favor to someone. I, I don't know. You know, the thing that gets me. Is he, is he, <laughs> did he get cranked by the NFL being rigged? <laughs> Paying off a debt? You know, it's the movie that dares to answer the question. What if one, one scene monologue from a movie 40 years ago was its own feature length film? And, and I'm going to answer the question I know you're asking. Does it end on someone saying dead is better? Of course it does, you fucking hacks. Good job, everyone. You know what gets it. me? Were, were the Pet Cemetery movies actually financially successful? Because I don't think that they were. They would have to be. Well, I guess. They're trying to make more Yeah, still. but like they've had like how many Children of the Corn movies? It turns out once you have those rides, you can just hold those forever. Oh, well, yeah. Who's going to take them from you? Like, we have, hey, we have... that's the streaming wars, baby. You got to Paramount Plus needs something new for the spooky season. Yeah. Why not crank out another one of these? Look, here's what... Sure. Here, why not, man? Here's my thing about it. Pet Cemetery was a good book. That was one of my favorite Stephen King books. And I, it's not enough for four movies, though. <laughs> this is... A... Correct. Yeah, I, I don't get that. Barely enough for one. Yeah. Pet Cemetery Extended Universe. Correct. Everything in the, the, the Stephen King the, stuff is just go to universe. the Wikipedia and scroll down to like the future tab and just think about killing yourself in Minecraft. Like half his like, half yeah. his books, half his movies will have like a bookshelf. It'll be by Richard Bachman on one of them. We're like, okay, great. I, we're like basically hitting the point where I would be so happy if somebody wrote like another Hunger Games with a different name, just because it would be a new IP. Like I can't fucking keep doing this. This is just gonna be the rest of our lives. Like yes. this is nothing new. Just all things that we've already seen before. I all mean, right, to cool. be fair, well, I could have simply not watched this because I follow a lot of horror people, and there were not a lot of logs on this movie. <laughs> oh, that's good. You get one of the sparse. early logs. That's where you get all you get to farm likes on that bitch. You oh, be good. A tastemaker. Yeah. yeah. Say that one of the actresses. Yeah, you just gotta put. Yeah. Say one of the actresses served yeah. cunt. You're good. Yeah. It's like, oh, that dog is mother. <laughs> this movie is giving. Oh. Yeah. Noun. Yeah. <laughs> we'll workshop it later. <laughs> I hate both of those. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A uh, dog shit movie that sucks ends on a quote from the first movie, and then a truck loudly blaring by. <laughs> No one gets hit by a truck in this movie. Well, that's just in the book. Yeah, that's the read. lead into Maximum Overdrive. But you recognize that. You remember that, right? You remember that kid gets hit by a truck? It literally just oh. ends on a truck zooming by the house really, really loud. Then it cuts to credits. Oh, that fucking felt... sucks. It's not I'm often glad... I feel insulted by a movie, but I took that personally. Well, I'm glad we have lore experts on this on this show, because if I watched this, I would have no idea that was in reference to something. Which is interesting, like, because we all watched so that loud? movie. Why is the movie over? <laughs> 
Oh man, uh, bad times. Yeah. See, did I watch anything good? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Oh damn. I mean, I rewatched Hell House because they put the director's cut on Shutter. <laughs> it was a good time. Always happy to revisit that movie. Yeah. Chris, I'm sorry you didn't like it, but also, I feel like now that you've watched a thousand of these, if you watch it again, you'd be like, Oh, this, this is a is masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my top eighty horror. Movies. Yeah. I just remember one of your criticisms being like, "This acting is terrible." It's like, buddy, you got yeah. you about to see some shit. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't even fucking notice if you watched it today. Well, uh, on the uh, on the subject of uh, of rewatching things, Mister Medicker, my dad sent me a message about something. It's like <laughs> last night I. W- I'm so glad you got the shittiest one. That includes the pedophile. <laughs> last night I watched an unet. He's not going to spell it. Last night I watched an unedited version of Sin City. It included a few scenes that were cut from the standard release and progressed in a much different order than the standard release. It made much more sense. It was better overall. That's at the end of the text message. We, I, I know you don't like editing four different voices. I don't like editing three different voices. But, but I feel like... <laughs> no, you know... Like no. The fact that he has this weird-ass taste in movies and also the only theater experience I've ever heard you describe is him taking a gun to the Alamo Draft House. I just... <laughs> I want to talk to him a lot. I'm afraid to leave that in because there's people who work for that Alamo who listen to this. And I have... Oh, never mind. I've said far worse about that. He did it as a joke. It was a toy gun. It was was a prompt. It was a Fortnite gun. Yeah, it was part of his Halloween gun. Is that that worse than saying that the people I sat next to are... uh, Probably, I mean, I mean the, I, they you think know. they don't know. <laughs> they they, they got that check back written in crayon. People. They know what happened. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Believe me when I say, you, you could say the most heinous, vile shit about poker players to me right now, and I'd be like, yeah, that's all true. Right, yeah. Up. Okay, here's the thing, though. I, <laughs> if he listened to you guys talking about that uh, Freddy Fazbear movie, immediately, which, by the way, Parker, that is his surname, he would... Genuinely, Thank he you. would stand up and leave, or he would uh, close his laptop, or he'd just tell you guys to shut the fuck up. Oh my god, that'd be so fucking sick! Just talk we about, know. watch this movie. He just goes, <sighs> "Great." You would get like done? fifteen seconds into it, you'd be. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Next. So oh, here's good. what Don't I watched instead. Yeah. <laughs> he would. He would not listen. Trust me. If I mention a video game to him, he will just like talk over me about Biden. I'll be like. Oh. Oh my god! How long can we talk about Five Nights at Freddy's and before revealing it's based off a video game and just watch his whole demeanor change? <laughs> he he just we should do it. Do it. Him on <laughs> it's ba- it's based off a prog rock band from the seventies. You don't understand that the last time I had him They're on like, the show yes. was when I I called him about the lava in the Jurassic World, and or was it Jurassic World? I think it was Jurassic that World was, Two. That, no, that was uh, no, that was Volcano, dude. No, it wasn't Volcano. You're thinking about the magma thing. I'm talking about in Jurassic. Yeah. Oh, I guess it was. Yeah, they were escaping from the volcano, yeah. And, uh, and then he just talked for, like, I don't even remember how long. Even that was, like, too much. He was just happy to hear from his son. He just wanted to ask him about some shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> I visit him you once a week. You don't call anymore. I gotta go No, that's recording. the other son. I visit him once a week. <laughs> and I told I told my brother and his fiance that, and she was like, oh, you guys drink together? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, make sure he's okay. Make sure he hasn't gone on his last stand. I am so glad I, that I have no siblings to show me up like that. I, yeah, I, it's not about that, just make sure he's okay. You know? You I, sure I completely understand the impulse. I get it. I just, I just know that if I had a brother or sister, they'd be the one doing it. Correct, yeah. 
Sir, your dad even doing some writing? Yeah, I've been getting some thoughts out. Oh, maybe I'll come right. Twice yeah, a week. exactly. I, every <laughs> once in a while, I, I'm telling you, he's got to get a dog. You know, just and the dog could be his friend instead. <laughs> and the dog would tell him to shoot Ronald Reagan. <laughs> that's that's what we did for my dad, and uh, now he just complains to me about his wife all the time. Oh, cool. That sounds fun. Do you marry the dog? Hey, all right. Know. Well, uh, Parker, that's about it for me. But something I've been thinking about is. Uh, Thinking back to like the really, really, really early episodes of this show. Oh, those really like, good ones. Making you watch Halloween, like making <laughs> you watch Halloween three, and you'd be like, "I mean, yeah, I can, it's pretty fun." Did, but like, did uh, I say that? Stupid. It don't really have an ending. No, like you enjoyed it, but there was definitely with like some caveats. I feel like if you watch it, you'd be like, "This is a fucking masterpiece." I thought I, <laughs> I, I thought I, t- I thought this I told you, Parker. Great. I've seen it like three times since the first time I watched it, and it is my favorite <laughs> Halloween movie by like several orders of magnitude. I like it, but more than the first Halloween movie. And uh, I wasn't going to fight her on this, but Lady Alex did not enjoy Halloween three, and that's just incorrect because they don't sell pins. I <laughs> look. I'm trying so hard to be a good nice kind decent person it's not worth it just give up you, you get no credit for it every time i'm nice to somebody they're like yeah hey remember that time you were mean seven years ago though it's like it's all right cool fuck you i'll just be a dick then just, hey i don't do that anymore just, <laughs> it's the good one <laughs> i i saw that in theaters i i saw the alamo it was a thing you know what i think i think she's jealous that one specifically jumped in my head yeah I, seriously, that was what I actually said. Oh, it's okay, but uh, that's on me then. Because right? you know what, honestly, Parker, I think you kind of nailed this one. There are a lot of movies that I watch at the beginning of the list era, where I was like, "Oh, this isn't very good," and, uh, and you just kind of like chuckled to yourself. You're like, "He's got 850 to go." Like, it's like, buddy, that's gonna be in the top ten when you're done. I promise. <laughs> I've seen half of these, and I like two of them. Good luck. I, you know, I, I think back when I saw Jaws in college, I was just like, oh, that was pretty good. I don't know about some of these scenes, though. And now I look back, I was like, yeah, Jaws is one of the greatest movies ever made. You know? We should have stopped making movies after Jaws. I, I have mentioned that there's there's at least two big ones that I know I need to revisit. Uh, I already watched these before I started doing the list, but Rosemary's Baby, the first time I watched it, I just didn't get it. Like, I knew what was going on, but I just didn't get the appeal. And the other was Alien, which I watched on my laptop in college, which shouldn't... It feels like it shouldn't count, you know? Should we, should we just watch Alien on here? Or are we gonna no, find I don't know. I, I kind of want to do, like, what they're going to re They've already been except, found. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, well, in that case. Yeah, right. Let's tease no, no further. So, no, so, yeah, I, we'll, I do we'll, have a we'll movie. Talk, we'll talk. Later. I do have a movie for next week that is uh, interesting. Let's talk about the corrupt. Is Mark Wahlberg in so, it? No. Uh, no, no, no. He's going to talk about Bully B-Town. Oh, right. Parker. Oh, yeah. Parker, tell me. The episode I watched Mod. while you were <laughs> fighting for your life on the toilets. Look, man. 12 plates of meat will do that Dude, to you. Dude, it, it took no, the I entire it, like, I... movie uh, show's runtime is how long he was on that toilet. <laughs> I told Chris uh, while you were still you know, fighting for your life, I woke up. I was walking the dog, like ready to hop on. I was like, fuck. So I... <laughs> I hopped on the old Apple TV app, paid my one ninety nine so I could watch it while I was walking her. <laughs> and um, I gotta say, um, he's, a, he's got a lot of charisma. We we love this guy, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Now, so Jason Mayett Miller comes from an era where, um, let's just say, uh, not a lot of personality in the sport. Like, uh, you get someone out there you've never heard of before. 
it would just pull off one like one of the most insane violent knockouts you've ever seen in your life like something where you're watching it and your body just seizes up because you shouldn't see another human being get hit like that and they fall with like the t-rex arms <laughs> and they put the microphone in his face he's like i just want to thank you guys for the opportunity you know i'll fight whoever you guys put in front of me you know whoever the matchmaker wants you know i just want to thank god and my family it's like you just sent a man to hell. Can you, like, cut a wrestling promo? So there were only, like, five people in the world at this point that, like, had any semblance of personality. So uh, there was a low bar to clear, so that's what propelled this dude to... I was going to say stardom, but uh, MTV reality shows. <laughs> so that's how we got stuck with Mayhem. Yeah. Uh, this episode, uh, they're fighting Garrett, who calls himself <laughs> the King of Tustin. Which is apparently a town in California. It, so this is I Googled it. this is the bully, right? Yeah. Hey, let me tell you I something. I was hoping it was the MMA guy. Oh, we'll get to the MMA guy. Well, see, here's the thing: uh, it's like every MMA something. guy has like a nickname. So. Yeah. So the thing about uh, the Garrett, the, the, <laughs> that's my back all-time, and nobody else. One of my all-time favorite things we've ever said. <laughs> Uh, the problem with uh, calling Garrett the King of Tustin, which they do repeatedly, is that a Jake, or not Jake, um, Mayhem Miller really struggles with the name Tustin. It really, it's asking a lot from him. <laughs> He's fighting for his life trying to stick that Do you out. think he came up with that nickname just because he knew Jason Mayhem Miller was coming to town? <laughs> the King of Tustin. <laughs> so, um, we find out about the bully. <laughs> you know, and as you guys know, uh, there would just be some nerds standing there in front of the camera and be like, Hey, my name's this guy. Uh, this guy, he works, he's in my town, and he beat the shit out of me. This poor dude with, like, long hair and a scarf is standing there. like, yeah, I was eating lunch with one of uh, Garrett's ex-girlfriends that he was stalking, and he showed up, and he choked me out in the parking lot while everyone was watching. <laughs> Which is something that you could not pay me any amount of money to say on television. <laughs> MTV or not, you you would have to rip my fingernails off to get that out of me. That the whole town watched him dude choke me unconscious for talking to his ex-girlfriend. So we meet Garrett, who looks a lot like uh, early 2000s Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park. He's got like the exact same hair. And um, uh, this might surprise you guys, but uh, he thinks he can win because he's been training and he's undefeated in the streets. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard that before, but yeah. this bully... <laughs> Uh, has never lost in the streets. <laughs> in the streets. Um, the thing about uh, who he fights is uh, his the pro he faces, a man named Jake Shields. Now, Jake Shields is uh, infamous with MMA fans as being one of the most boring fucking fighters in history. Alex, I know you specifically are very avidly not a fan of MMA. Uh, when you think of MMA and the reasons you don't like it, uh, those reasons are Jake Shields. Yeah. A man who every single fight will just, at the start of the round, get you down, and that is where you will stay. He just, it's the wet blanket, you cannot move for five minutes. You stand up, you go to your corner, you're like, what the fuck? Like, I can't <laughs> do anything. Alright, just try, try and catch him early. So, next round starts, they throw a big punch, they get taken down, and they're just held there. It's like when the casual people are like, oh, he's just fucking holding there. No, that's what that's what Jake Shields did. He would just hold you there for 15 minutes. Dude was undefeated for years, and they would not give him a title shot because he was so fucking boring. No one wanted to see it. Like, just one of the most monotonous, like, bathroom break-ass fighters in the history of the sport. But he was very good. But still, no one liked him because he was just not fun to watch. 
Now that he's retired, um, you can catch him uh, talking about uh, trans people and vaccines. Oh, His good. brain has turned to absolute garbage. So that means I got I was blessed. I wanted to give myself a 20 minute episode not knowing that I'd get to watch uh, one of the most hated fighters for reasons that aren't like doing sex crimes who now is a broke brain terminally online Jordan Peterson reply guy. Ugh. And uh you know I got to say I really thought that the king of Tustin was going to pull this out. He really looked like he had it when he got submitted five times in a minute and a half. And then round two started, and then I'm like, all right, well, we saw him hit the heavy bag, and maybe he can clean up. And let me tell you, uh, he eats a liver shot and crumbles like a fucking second dirty laundry. And at that point, I became furious, because Jake Shields has literally never done anything that interesting in his entire career. Then he goes on this MTV show and just kills a man with a body shot. And as a reward, uh... The King of Tustin is given a pink crown to wear. And that's real funny. We're all laughing. Um, Mayhem Miller is the most annoying person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what I had forgot, like, I remember him. I tried to tune him out. I remember that he's just supposed to be, like, this big personality. I forgot he's the kind of guy that, uh, first of all, when he says something that he thinks is clever, he gives that little smirk yeah. that drives me fucking insane. <laughs> But he's also the kind of guy that just punctuates a joke with, like, a fucking screech. Like, hey, that was crazy, right? Like, oh, they're going to they're, they're gonna call the jacket. Ah! You're like, what the fuck did you just fucking say? <laughs> he's just a mushmouth, stuttering moron who yells after every sentence. And he's sitting there, like, trying to commentate over the fight while these two nerds who got beat up outside of a Denny's are, like, clapping and going, yeah, this is... The worst show ever put on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe there's th- three seasons of this. Would you rather watch this or Victoria? Okay, let's Yeah, let right? See. I mean, I did see some royalty. I did see the king of Dustin get <laughs> usurped <laughs> by the populace. I Jason Mayhem Miller is, like, in the top ten of people you wouldn't want to be friends with. <laughs> it's... I'd rather there be friends so with, like, fighters. serial killers. At least I could tell my friends stories when they get arrested. Because <laughs> he'll tell you stories, and he won't stop. He, imagine he going to Iron Age with this guy. Allegedly. Oh, my God. <laughs> He'd be doing so many voices. <laughs> you know he would. He'd be doing all the accents as you're just like, Wow, man, that's real cool. I can't say anything, because you'll just choke me out in public, because you're a freak. Uh, a man who, uh, who is, you know, a trained fighter who has no qualms about being physical in public is the last person you want to go, hey, can you stop doing that thing with the chopsticks? There's people around. It's <laughs> a real lose-lose service scenario for everyone involved. Well, I mean, boy, guys, speaking of being racist towards Asian people, let's talk about a feature film. <laughs> the Corrupter, which uh, if I if I play any song during this, it's going to be Kung Fu Fighting, because that seems to be Mark. the movie's uh, tone here. Mark Wahlberg's immersion therapy to heal himself from his racist past. <laughs> wow, they're not all so bad. Every time he turns around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Well, the movie starts off with a, a big fuck you explosion, which is uh, just the way I like my movies to begin. Hell yeah, it does, dude. Yeah, then like three Asian guys walk out wearing uh, the gates at coolest clothes I've ever seen in my life, and uh, they all shoot a guy. 
And it's like three guys shooting at one person who's practically blown up by the explosion. And it's just a, hey, we all had a hand in this, you know? Murder on the Orient Express. We all have our bullets in him, so we all have They a have soul. a train, too? Oh, my God. Can oh, we... Jesus. <laughs> Can Sorry. we can can we get a ruling on whether Fukunese is racist or not? Because we're gonna be saying that a lot in this episode. I I feel like it's not racist, but it will sound it when I say it. Correct. Yeah. I'm gonna Unbelievably just, so. Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to say it without saying "fuk me" and "fuk you," and then this is you have to trash God this whole damn. episode. It sounds racist when they say yeah. it. It's their gang. So, okay. Speaking of uh, racist when they say it, they go into like that. Uh, that uh, area where the guy is, uh, I don't know, he's playing poker or something like that. And the old guy is speaking Chinese. His, the subtitles have an accent. The subtitles are in broken <laughs> oh, English. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, oh. they don't come around here. You leave now. And I'm like, what the, I read that. <laughs> <laughs> Fukuni sounds like a rival gang you race against in Need for Speed Underground. <laughs> trying to get their cars. All right, that's all right. We can say it now. <laughs> oh, oh no! I'm glad we established it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the subtitle work in this movie uh, was unsettling. Yeah, it's like, you guys don't have to be that accurate. You can take some liberties. I know what he's trying to get across. Yeah, I. So uh, Chow Yun I mean, Fat is getting a shootout this early okay. is really put us in a good headspace. It's a good sign. Yes. Especially because this movie loves showing people close up getting shot in the head, which, uh, you know, we take those. Yeah, uh, as, as often as we possibly can. So, two leads in here. One is Mark Wahlberg, who, uh, you know, looks like he fits in. And Chow Yun Fat, who is playing this uh, pretty grimy looking cop in, uh, in old Chinatown, which is in New York, Parker. And uh, he's got a oh, yeah, he's got a couple. Not China. Yeah. Write that down. Yeah. See, that's ha- Chinatown is actually the <laughs> capital. All the of China. towns are called. There. <laughs> I think here they, they just call Chinatown, it Chinatown. Go to Chinatown. Walk right past Chinatown. <laughs> Guys, I don't think they call this Chinatown here. I think they just call this town. <laughs> Do you want to go to town and get some food? <laughs> All right. Well, now everyone, that we know this movie is it moving takes on place to the in game the of town, games. not. It makes me sense loudly that yelling, is here. Hey, I bought something that was made here, and they're just throwing <laughs> shit at me. <laughs> they also kill dogs outside. <laughs> Am I being detained? You know, when in Rome, <laughs> you, you laugh, but we're like five minutes away from talking about that scene where that guy's got the whole crate full of fucking counterfeit watches. <laughs> All right, I just want to talk about. Uh, it, it's a scene. First of all, Mark Wahlberg is getting uh, roasted at his own job. Uh, guy's like, why'd you join the Chinatown task force? Did you want to fuck a girl? And Mark's like, I, I would never. He's like, yeah, I bet you want to have sex with a woman. And Mark's like, lay off, guys. Come on. And uh, they... Mark Wahlberg alone. <laughs> Meanwhile, if he's we're wrong this... in this movie, I don't want to be right. <laughs> they keep pushing his buttons and we're watching at home like, guys, you don't know what he's capable <laughs> of. <laughs> Chill out. I do like the idea that he was just like, oh, come on, snap, there's camera. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me a reason. Give me a fucking If I had reason. been on that wall, things would have gone down differently. See, secretly, the director's telling the uh, the other actors, like, yo, push him further. We want to see the real raw emotion. <laughs> and the actors are like, uh, I don't know. I don't think I want to. I'm sure you do want to see that real raw emotion. Uh, well. Between this scene and then, like, them all leaving the room and be like, you know, the Chinese don't trust whites or cops. I was like, this is going to be a pretty good movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I like the uh, that first shootout that they have where they're uh, they're all in that hallway in the the brothel, and uh, there like you said, there's a bunch of close up shots of people getting fucking dome shotted, which I enjoy. But you know what was really weird for me to see? There's this huge shootout, right? And Mark Wahlberg is kind of looking around gordlessly. He's just like, boy, where's 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 the guy? <laughs> you know, just he doesn't know what he's doing the whole time. Like, boy, that is a far cry from Deepwater Horizon Mark Wahlberg, who doesn't have a gun in that movie, but he kind of wanted to have one against all that oil. He spiritually has a gun there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, this, this shootout is great because it basically takes place down a long hallway, and there's, like, people just hiding behind, like, grandfather clocks and shit for no reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys paid to rent the 4K HD version, but if you did... If you look really closely in the background, you can see Robert Kraft slipping out the back door. Not funny. <laughs> so, uh, what, my favorite part of this is uh, most of the prostitutes who are topless in this scene, they uh, they mostly go into like the rooms. One of them is just standing like out in the middle of the hallway going, ah! <laughs> like this. <laughs> Very boring. <laughs> I mean, in a better not... movie, we would have seen a nipple get shot off. Right. Imagine you're some beat cop and you're like, oh, we're going to go break up this tug shop over here and then the triad comes in with shotguns and then your partner's got dual wielding pistols and he keeps diving across the room like i'd lose my fucking mind right yeah and then they go back to work and they, they're all just wearing ties talking about like oh man that was crazy and fucking mark Wahlberg, he's driving around chow yun fat he says uh hey uh thank you for saving my life and chow yun fat is uh parker <laughs> you want to do the accent do I want to, or will I? Those are two separate <laughs> questions. Right. Uh, Chow Yun Fat asked you, so uh, you've been researching some Chinese, right? Because you could speak it and stuff, and you work with the Chinese task force. Mark Wahlberg's like, yeah. And Chow Yun Fat's like, so you know this means that I own your soul, right? And Mark Wahlberg's like, yeah, I know. I'm going to tell you. I He's don't been think reading I'm... up on the opposition. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's been studying game this film. Is like a... <laughs> It's like a horror movie where a character's being chased at like a carnival and they end up in like a room full of funhouse mirrors. <laughs> he keeps looking around like, oh my god, there's another one. <laughs> They're everywhere. There's so many Chinese people in town. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, like, if you're trying to bust up a bunch of Chinese gangs, uh, Wahlberg is an incredible asset to have. Like, oh, what's that? You're not going to talk? Let me introduce you to my friend here. Yeah, I thought this was He'll like a, a little bit more seriously toned uh, showdown in Little Tokyo, which uh, that's yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you know? Still an old timer. Yeah, <laughs> the that I, Dolph Lundgren with a dragon <laughs> tattoo on it. <laughs> Boy can dream. Well, uh, I, uh, I I I, re- <laughs> I I, I <laughs> yes, obviously this is a more serious version of that, but I actually kind of appreciate. Like, this is, like, really in the Goldilocks zone for seriousness for me with a movie like this. Because, like, this could have been up its own ass and that would have sucked. And this could have been, like, really stupid. And, well, let's be honest, that would have owned. But also it would have sucked. But, uh, like, this is more of a real movie than I expected it to be in a good way. Which doesn't happen often. No, I agree with Normally that. we pick something like this and it ends up being a real movie. And it's like, ah, oh, that's a bummer. We don't have anything to talk about. Right. I could talk about this movie for another hour. Right, this yeah. Movie owns. I, I like the way it's structured. Although I, I will say it kind of does the thing that, like, every single one of these movies does. Where it's like, drug bust, freeze, stop taking all those monitors. And immediately it says, <laughs> oh, one of those guys who, he was actually an FBI agent. You ruined our case. And I'm like, man, I feel like I've seen that in, like, every single one of these movies. 
but they well, use it well, correct, so it's okay. But also, yeah. yeah. It's also it's 1990 inner service rivalry all the time. Uh, that's a plot beat that I will never get tired of. Of the FBI and the beat cops at each other's throats. It works in 100. I, I also do like the FBI agent walks in there looking like fucking Adlai Stevenson. Goes like, I want every one of these people in individual rooms. And the cops all like laugh at him. <laughs> so you think we have those here? Yeah. We have some closets. Yeah. Fucking Mom said, when I'm wearing this badge, you have to treat me with respect. Everyone out. I'm the no. oldest. That means I'm the babysitter. You listen to me. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, Mark Wahlberg, uh, he actually, Mark Wahlberg does a good thing. He goes, uh, on, uh, this is going to be a bad comparison I'm going to point to, but uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg actually saves a whole bunch of women who are like trapped underneath the uh, that area. I guess they were like stuck in a, a sweat factory or something like that. And uh, I just remember the scene in which uh, he goes underneath and he, he uh, breaks the padlock and he, and he opens up the door and you see like the horror stricken faces of all these women who are just trapped here it's like uh two dozen women just in this tiny bedroom that he's able to save them and uh next door they're they're filming uh pornography and uh one of those people is really giving it to that girl again she's yelling like chas finster in there and uh he breaks in and uh <laughs> and he kills a, he kills the guy with a camera who by the way throws his camera at mark Wahlberg and gets all Sick of him move. that was a good ass throw <laughs> and also let's let's call this guy by what he is in my notes asian stuff you know what that, with more hair yeah i guess i see it now yeah <laughs> He also kills some other guy who tried, which, by the way, it was a good shot, too. He frees all those women. He's the toast of the town. Uh, I do like that when he gets photographed for, like, the thing, he's wearing the outfit that you expect cops to wear. Instead, cops in this movie, they just wear, like, ties and stuff. Uh, anyway, like... It... <laughs> except, except for the scene where uh, Chow Yun-Fat's getting his award and they all have their gay little white gloves Right, on. yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, then they go out to drink and then they start... Oh, by the way, sorry, about that scene. Here's a bad comparison. This is... I don't feel good about this, but it was the first thing I thought about. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to say it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, now I, I do. Oh, it only takes two. It DNA. Yeah, so... The scene where he opens up the door, he sees all the women who are in there, and they don't really, like, say anything. They're, they don't say, oh, thank God, you've come to save me. They're just like, oh, my God, a white guy. Uh, or maybe they recognize that it's Mark Wahlberg. I was really thinking of uh, Batman v Superman. Remember that scene where, like, uh, I guess Superman saves a whole bunch of girls, and they're like, oh, thank God, you're not Batman. He would have fucking killed us. <laughs> <laughs> Who's here? Oh, thank God. I, I think that's what happened there. They saw it was Mark Wahlberg and be like, you know, the whole getting saved thing? That just wasn't in the cards for us, ladies. How <laughs> <laughs> little did they know. <laughs> anyway, then they go to a restaurant, which sadly was not the hibachi restaurant from that Gerard Butler movie. Would have been better. Uh, and I just remember the scene because they all start talking about their dicks. It reminded me of Showdown in Little Tokyo, where it's like, I just want to say, before we die, you have the biggest penis I have ever seen. <laughs> Big American penis. <laughs> Our penis so small. You know, that's the thing that gets me is I, I wonder if they actually got Mark Wahlberg drunk in this because it felt like they were baiting him the whole time. You just want to fuck Asian ladies because their hands are so small. You feel gigantic in there. And Mark's like, uh, you found yes, my obviously. secret. Just, you know. <laughs> oh, damn. You got me. Put me in cuffs. You caught me. Killer Instinct soundtrack starts playing in the background. <laughs> uh, we gotta talk about the soundtrack. Yeah, oh, dude. We have to. 
Uh, so the the soundtrack is like seventy five percent like the rap music you would expect for scene transitions in a movie that takes place in late nineties New York. Right. Five uh, percent uh, Britney Spears in that one scene. Yeah. For like uh, half a second. <laughs> and the entire other twenty percent of the songs in this movie are just like third eye blind album cuts that you guys I guarantee have never heard before. Correct. Just every time they're in a bar, it's just a different Third Eye Blind song off their first and only album at the time, just playing in the background. Now, I own this album, so I know all of these songs because I am a little sicko. But, uh, I just like, another Third Eye Blind song? Are you fucking serious? Did they pay to be in this? It's. Hey, man, you gotta. <laughs> when you have an opportunity like that, you have to take it. It's, when you have the opportunity to work with Chow Yun Fat and the guy who made Fear, you just you got to do it. <laughs> Maybe this is like the David Duchovny thing. They just owed someone a favor, be like, "Yeah, we'll do three songs for your Chinese movie." <laughs> <laughs> or as you guys call it, movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Bar. Wahlberg uh, leaves and Chowdhury Fat's like, hey, uh, one more thing. Don't ever do that again. And Mark Wahlberg's like, why? I saved the day. And uh, Chowdhury Fat does like a stupid thing where he like pokes his own cheek and walks away. I'm like, wow. You'd think this guy would have like an ounce of charisma. (laughs) He loves to get 80% of the way to giving somebody a wet willy and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think it's, you know, just like a menacing thing. So Mark Wahlberg, I want to talk about this too. Mark Wahlberg, whose character's name is not important, walks out and... uh, A Chinese guy in the back of a cab pulls up and says, Hey, great job. You did a great thing in the city. Can I buy you a drink? And Mark Wahlberg's like, Oh, I gotta go home. And the guy's like, No, come on. Let me buy you a drink. And Mark Wahlberg's like, Okay. It goes that. And I don't mean to play (laughs) into Mark Wahlberg here, but why would you trust a Chinese guy? You've seen, like, most of them do a whole lot of bad things around here. And lone fucking behold, uh, he gets home and his apartment's been trashed. God, now I really wish your dad was on here. Yeah, never trust a Chinese guy, right? Yeah, so I've been trying to tell him. Finally, he learns. <laughs> Speaking of dads in this movie, uh, Brian Cox is here. Oh, we have to talk Mark about Wahlberg's him. Thank you. Degenerate gambler father. Who is speed running the dialogue. Who just, just pisses all of his money away gambling and also is openly racist. Oh, yeah, he is. Just, My dad Despite the fact that this is like... This is, like, flagrantly New York, and, you know, they keep referring to Chinatown, a place that is in New York. Like, when Mark Wahlberg is talking to his dad, Brian Cox, it's just, like, they both sound like they're trying to do Boston, but, like, really poorly. And I just, like, I feel like it's from another movie, but in a good way, because I'm really here for it. Yes, it is. I I like that at one point, isn't he, like, bleeding out or something? He just got shot or something? And he asks, oh, I, I don't need anything. Uh, do you have a thousand bucks? You just, uh, some type of over. <laughs> uh, just no reason. Dad, did you shoot yourself? Nah, I just, just missed all the words. I need, uh, need about five large for the Mets game. God damn it. Okay, I'll just talk to you. We're going to march right down, right down to the town and talk to your brother, <laughs> Okay, we'll get some of the monitors out of evidence and flip them for you, but that's the end of this. <laughs> Wheeling giant CRTs out. <laughs> <laughs> These are the only ones you had left, Pa. <laughs> 
Alright, well, uh, what happens? Ah, oh, Samsung, huh? You know what makes those? Like, fuck, come on, man. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta shoot out in a whorehouse. I'm free to crate full of Chinese ladies. I don't need to hear your Mitsubishi jokes. Please, I'm begging you. Yeah, Parker, you say it's gotten pretty cold down there in the old state of Texas. Uh, are you the sort of person who wears socks while you sleep? Because I, I can't possibly do that. You know who wears I wasn't, significantly I <laughs> significantly less than socks when he sleeps is Mark Wahlberg. Apparently, this character. There's <laughs> <laughs> one article of clothing. Yeah. This is Jesus. <laughs> Nude entirely. Just again, I mean, you got to be ready for action. You know, the, here's you my be thing. Ready for anything. What if it feels good? It, it does. Here's a, yeah, look. It does I I'm not saying I don't have a Jesus. I'm not though. saying I'm easily influenced on this show. But Parker talked me into watching every movie on the list. Alex talked me into getting a take. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, actually, Parker. <laughs> I told you not to. Explicitly. Yeah, Parker also talked me into eating a take five. Mark Wahlberg is talking me into a, uh, wearing a uh, Jesus piece and sleeping in the nude. What if it's good? Also, Alex talked yeah, me into eating one of the B complex vitamins. <laughs> B for me, not the B. Speaking of complex, do you think when they screen this movie, Mark Wahlberg's just watching all the different Asian gangs and getting confused on who was who? It's like, wait, did I just see that guy? What the fuck? Going up to the director, tapping him on the shoulder, being like, you use the same guy over and over again. What is this? You know. At least the movie makes it easy for you because you have the guy with red highlights and the guy with blonde highlights. Right, yeah. And then the guy with the bowl cut. I, like, they know what they're look, doing. Look, maybe yeah. it's just, I understand that these men are armed and they've killed people before, but these are not entertaining men, or, or not intimidating men, you know? They, these are not people who, like, it doesn't matter if you point your gun sideways, you know, and say, you'll avenge your brothers, man. That's not, that's, I'm, I'm just Disagree. not intimidated. Yeah, but you're 5'8". Everyone's intimidating Look. to you. <laughs> well, me. yeah, because my dad's not bringing heat to the movie theater to defend my honor. <laughs> Boy, are you missing I'm out. I'm sure he holds, it the stri- the, I, he holds it the right way so the bullets go straight. Yeah, That's, it, no. well, you know, you take the training classes like we talked about. <laughs> so we're not thugs here. <laughs> well, I'm here in case of a threat emerging. Like, okay, Dad, we're... We're seeing the Footloose it's at a not... party. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should take my dad to a Footloose Oh, my screen. God. You should bring... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring him to one of the ones where all the, the people in the audience have the little pop guns. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ooh, it's back in Danae. Hey, dad, have you seen Mean Girls? He just unholsters immediately. Oh, he fucking loves Mean Girls. He's talked about that. Oh, God. I want to... All the better. I want to talk to your dad. But he's never seen Mean Girls, too. What? Dad, have you heard of the list? Uh, makes Let's see if he gets out of the pyramid. <laughs> um, uh, the one piece of bullshit I have to say in this movie is uh, the reveal that uh, Mark Wahlberg can speak Chinese or Cantonese or whatever the fuck. Absolutely not. I think there's no way on God's grace. I think they just call it English. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean. We've seen his fucking, his like daily schedule where he works, wakes up at like 2.30 in the morning to work out and then pray. I could see him just like cracking the midnight oil just so he can be more racist in their own language. I, <laughs> Duolingo, but, but setting the filter to only slurs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
taken two classes. I learned how to say, and I better not see you here again. <laughs> and then one specific Let's color. Guai low. Guai low. Guai low. Guai low. Just chanting that while doing dips. Guai <laughs> Doing a prison oh. workout while, while just oh. reciting Cantonese. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone who's listening to this who speaks any Chinese, uh, what's up? Please fund the podcast. Ni hao. <laughs> Whoa, okay, all right. We don't need to actually be racist on So <laughs> You better start learning Chinese, buddy. <laughs> all right. Um, there, so there's yet another car chase. That's, like, legitimately a great car chase. It really is. Like, even for today's standards, is really, really good. And then it ends with the guy just hanging a machine gun out the window and wasting a bunch of innocent bystanders. It worked, though, because, like, he cut them all off. Yeah, I mean... I'm like, how are you going to get through when all these dead people are in their cars in the window? I really like that shot of, like, the hand it. coming out of the window with the SMG and started, like, shooting everybody. It was like, man, that was a good-ass shot. Like, whoa, the red car's home. Awesome. You know? It's worth noting that both Chow Yun-Fat and Mark Wahlberg have bad guy aim in this movie, because this entire chase scene could have ended, like, literally five minutes earlier if one of their 400 bullets connected with anywhere on the car. Yeah, didn't one of them though, shoot that car that was oncoming towards them, and it flipped over and then exploded? Because I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took him eight shotgun shells to flip the car over yeah. somehow. I don't know but, how uh, you flip a car over with a shotgun, but I'll, I'll ask Dad about it at some point. He probably has, like, a technique that he's perfected. Oh. It's a different era. Yeah. yeah. It's called a pit maneuver, son. <laughs> oh, shit. Son, have you ever heard of Eddie Gordo? <laughs> <laughs> have I? That was a trick question. Yeah, my house. <laughs> this movie has several Brazilian? scenes where I just... Cr- <laughs> I just cross my arms and I'm like, how the fuck did anyone tell me about this movie? This has been around since I was like nine years old. The Marky Mark and Shaogun fat get in multiple car chases and shootouts and just no one has thought to tell me that the guy who went on to do two of the Fifty Shades movies did this absolute banger. Who did the other 48? <laughs> Shut up. Don't give him that pity laugh. God. <laughs> it's God. too easy. It is. Uh, oh, piggy. Also, it's worth noting, because I don't think we've really said it at this point, but this is, like, an American movie where they allow Chow Yun-Fat to actually act, rather than just, like, walking in and doing Chow Yun-Fat karaoke, and then pointing a gun at somebody very slowly, like Steven Seagal. So, that was great to see, because you don't get a lot of that in these movies. Yeah. Um, I actually found myself really appreciating his performance at this, uh... I know earlier I called it training day if it was good, and I was only being sort of tongue-in-cheek, because, like, while Denzel is unbelievable in training day, that's just a movie about a bad guy being bad, it's not really that interesting. Whereas this character, I feel like, actually has depth. Oh, yeah, he definitely does. And, like, and, uh, like you said about his performance, it is, I think, one of his better ones, because there's this thing in, like, uh, a lot of Chinese movies where if you're a hero... You only play heroes. Like, Jackie Chan one time played a villain, and Chinese audiences were, like, fucking pissed off at him. They're like, no, you have to stay in your lane, you have to play heroes. Whereas Chow Yun-Fat has more range than that, and he's allowed to express it. And I just remember the last time I saw Chow Yun-Fat in a movie was where he played Master Roshi in Dragon Ball Evolution. So this is a little bit of a step up from that. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. <laughs> was that the most recent one, or was it Bulletproof Monk? <laughs> oh, fuck, man. 
Actually, oh, that's an episode that <laughs> that does not exist. Right, exactly. I uh, no, I remember. I remember Bulletproof Monk very well. But I've actually seen Dragon Ball Evolution more recently because I showed it to a girl. I was like, dude, you gotta see this. How'd uh, that go? Back up. Did she call back? <laughs> she did actually. Uh, I said no because I don't like it that much. But hey, uh, I left something there. <laughs> you bring it over. It, that is like one of my favorite. Uh, movies. I have a PO box actually. It's not my address. Genuinely, Dragon Ball Evolution is one of my favorite <laughs> movies to show people. Specifically, if they say, "Oh yeah, I like Dragon Ball Z," I'll be like, "Oh, they made a movie out of it." Do you? <laughs> You just like walk over and shut your blinds. Actually, I actually have to watch Amityville three today. Uh, can you come by never? People fucking hate that movie. Good. So anyway, uh, uh, Chow Yun Fat gets uh, killed. Uh, dun, we should dun, we should dun. probably mention that this movie has a twist. Oh, let's go for it. Yeah, uh, the twist is that Mark Wahlberg is actually working for Internal Affairs to try to take him down, and we as viewers find this out at like roughly the hour mark, which uh, I felt was well executed because you know, a movies like this usually don't have twists because why would they? They're you know for meathead dipshits like us, and b like once it's revealed that he's been working for Internal Affairs the whole time, you can it kind of contextualizes things that happened beforehand in a new light that makes it like oh. You know, you actually put some thought into this. You know, I, I, I probably wouldn't be able to guess this if I watched the trailer for this movie. <laughs> We're not as uh, seasoned viewers as some of our other friends uh, well, are. Yeah. I can pick these things When apart. you say friends, I oh. kind of... Yeah. Acquaintances. <laughs> Elder statesmen. Elder people who are allowed to post with us for some reason. Well, uh, you know, actually, uh, Alex, I agree with you. I, I thought it was good, you know? And... Even if I had seen it coming, I probably would have liked it too. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like I like that kind of story progression, and uh, I do like it at the end. It's like, hey, this man was a hero, and uh, he gets like his little parade and everything. And uh, I guess technically a white savior movie, but uh, good. And we could just end the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, Finally. <laughs> also. also just one, one last note. You know, one way you're always going to win free points with me is to have a shootout on a boat, especially when the boat appears to be eight stories tall. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We need to go back to that. I, I, I haven't seen a movie with an action sequence on a boat since Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Morbius is huge with Chinese audiences, or as they call it. <laughs> All right, now that's where we're going to close it. Okay. <laughs> On to the game of games. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Everyone's favorite. God, I love running a bit into the ground so much, you guys. <laughs> or, or, as we call it on this show, games. <laughs> uh, I never should have started this. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> <laughs>
Why did I? Did I have them available? I, I know. <laughs> I hang on. Let me see. I'm sure you I both have them available. Chris has them at zero, never been picked, and Parker has them at negative one. You no, I really biffed it. that one. Yeah, <laughs> should have done that. <laughs> hang on. Where is this? Where is Whatever. This? They'll play the Raiders again. Oh yeah, time. you're right. Damn. What? what? Oh, it must have just uh, the Broncos. I think I just penciled in like, oh, they're gonna play the it Broncos again. Must have just slipped my okay. mind. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Oopsie doodles. Uh, Chris Chris is now the leader in the clubhouse for negative with minus three on his Packers. Um, Damn. Welcome, Well, buddy. Parker, we're going to go back and forth on this one, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> but I'm sure they're going to play each other like eight more times. You got it covered. Yeah. Um, do we have an NFC East game this week? I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, My boys and Eagles are Oh, yeah, boys other. and Eagles. You guys can have it if you want it. I think we both have, or all of us have wins with both of those teams. Oh, so okay. I don't think that one matters. Oh, I guess I should do assignments, huh? That's probably important. Uh, I will be watching The Immortal. Obviously. Wait, why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I want to experience it for the first time. You guys have worked there so hard go, to get yeah. away from me. <laughs> this um, underground show you should watch. Uh. Parker, you can watch Gold Rush. Uh, go oh, ahead and you. check it on the boys for us. Oh wait, do we get to eliminate? And, uh, do we get to remove one from the? We get to ban a show or something? No, because there wasn't a tie. Oh okay, right, there wasn't right, a tie. Right. Uh, we didn't tie. I, we just didn't win anything. <laughs> and Chris, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit inconven- uh, unconventional here and assign you something specific, because. Uh, you know, we have the Celebrity Paranormal Project slash Celebrity Ghost Story Space. I feel like we've milked everything that can be milked from Celebrity Paranormal Project. Um, and as originally defined in the Game of Games, we were dealing with just Season 6 of Celebrity Ghost Stories, which is only six episodes, all of which I'm sure are interesting. However, I was looking back at some of the older episodes of this show just to see like the people that were in them, because there are some that are quite good. For instance, there's an episode with Lorenzo Lamas in it. There's a Carlos Mencia episode. Like, there's there's a lot of fucking... Tra- there's a there's one with Tom Green and Anthony Michael Hall, which you will not be watching. Because oh. um, I'm going to assign <laughs> you a specific one, which is Season 4, Episode 5, featuring Aaron Carter and Shooter McGavin. That's big for you. I'm, I'm so happy for you. And, uh, you know, I, I won't... I won't do it this way going forward. I, I don't know how this show apparently has two best of episodes but uh i guess it's not important but uh after this going forward yeah pick whatever you want but i feel like if we're gonna break the seal on celebrity ghost stories we might as well do it the right way the right way we've been learning so long we'll get there yeah. I don't know the other two people on this episode oh well, hold on wait okay you want the lorenzo llamas episode who else is on there do I not get to ask? <laughs> Charles George Patrick Shaughnessy, fifth Baron Shaughnessy, is a British actor. Oh, never mind, <laughs> this one's uh, Parker's Alley. <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> You're the expert. Oh my I god, there's, British a, there's voice a Lewis Black voice? episode? I want to hear oh, Lewis geez. Black yell I about ghosts. I hate Lewis Black. Same. Well, I'm glad you didn't tell me that earlier. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Alright, let's pick some teams. Alright. All right, uh, Josh's deal of the week is uh, is a lot of options this week. This game's dog shit, but it's gonna be uh, Texans Buccaneers. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, 
man, that sucks. <laughs> it sure does. I'm just going to go ahead and grab the Texans. I'm feeling good about my Texans. Surely I won't go to minus five off this. <laughs> well. Well, uh, Chris, you've already got a win with the Buccaneers, yeah. so it's Houston or nobody for I'm you. I'm not taking Houston. Parker has all his options open. You're not taking Houston? I'll take Tampa. All right. Because uh, zero and minus one or minus two are very different numbers. Correct. So I'm gonna, I'm on the side of caution. I like there. that. Is he's never fucking like Josh never gives a deal for a good game. You know? Why would he? I, it, that wouldn't be much of a deal, now would it? Well, you can get a freebie where you can pick the best team in the no, league. No, not like wow, no. I mean, like a good game, like one I'd want to watch. You know, like like my like you the, know, the I, I want to watch second, all like games. the Frank Fart game. A good game. Uh, I'll let you know. Uh, well, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, next week, Guten Tag Chiefs at Patriots in Frankfurt. <laughs> I. That's uh, you can go ahead and put that in pen for next week's deal of the week. I'm just I don't even need to hide it. That's. Has never been a more deal of the week game than fucking Colts Patriots in Germany. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, anyway, this week. Uh, anyway, let's pick some teams. Saints. I'm also taking the Saints. So, Colts. <laughs> uh, you can have the Colts, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna need them next week in uh in Frankfurt. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, I will be taking. I will be taking the Browns. Let's try to get out of this hole. Oh man, that uh, Giants Raiders. I'm need the Saints. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta all right, everybody on the Saints. This always goes well when all three of us pick the same team. Correct. It's a good bit. Well, this is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm going to take my Raiders with the new coach. Who's their who's oh, yeah, new yeah. coach? Is it Deuce Gruden? Uh, Antonio Pierce. Really? Huh. Even Parker, you want the Raiders? Yeah, I'm assuming I need them. I can't imagine I've picked them yet. They, you're minus one on the Raiders. You have, have picked them, but not so, correctly. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah I'll take them. Right, I can't, so pick, I can't take the Raiders. Uh, all right, he was, uh, man... Oh damn! Uh, God, he can't jinx us there. Yeah, uh, you know I kind of want to take my. You want to you want to take your Packers against Brett Rippin, dude? And get to minus two. You know, <laughs> the, the Falcons are the Falcons are playing against whatever a Jaron Hall is. Just putting that out there for both of you, uh, including the one of you that already made all his picks. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Atlanta. Wait, no, you still. I have two. No, I still got all right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I have. Uh, yeah, I'll take Atlanta. That sounds good. All right, Atlanta on the board for Chris. Yes. Saints, I'm... Colts, Falcons. How you feeling about that? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Well, I probably should take Atlanta, but uh, I want to have some stakes on Sunday night, so I'm going to take my Bengals that I have not touched yet this year. Bengals. No longer... That's right. Hell Finally, yeah. uh, maybe he's maybe he's not injured anymore. Maybe uh... they'll put up three points. We'll find out. I bet them to win the Super Bowl last week. So hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm all in on the Joe Burrow train for two weeks until I decide to hate him again. All right, that's well, ev- <laughs> two weeks, not this week. I'll be happy. Uh, Let me get that win uh, now. 
Chris has the Falcons, the Colts, and the Saints. Parker has the Bengals, the Raiders, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. And I have the Browns, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Saints. Okay. Man, football uh, sucks. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we devote our free time and energy into this sport? Look, I, uh, I used up all of the good teams getting myself like five episodes of The Immortal, and now it's nothing but pain for the rest of the season. Well, uh, I respect it. Tell you what, guys, I, I have an idea for a movie for next week. This is one that was recommended to me by our most loyal listener. This is a guy I used to work with. His name is Andrew. And give you an idea of how loyal he is, he's listened to multiple episodes. So this movie that uh, he's he's actually on vacation right now in, uh, I think he's in Egypt. He did this funny video where he brought like three Yu-Gi-Oh cards into one of the pyramids. And like, oh look, I've, I've yeah, found dude. them within the stones. All right. <laughs> I'm blind in or whatever this guy suggested. Well, Don't hurt my feelings, Andrew. Okay, this is called, I don't know how he found this on Jordanian TV, but uh, he found this movie called Megiddo, The Omega Code 2. This has Michael York as Stone Alexander. Uh, Michael... What? 2001, <laughs> you say? Yeah, Michael Bean is in this. Arlie Ermey is in this. Udo Kier is in this. And Chad Michael Murray is in this. Uh, okay. What is this? <laughs> I, I'm in. Yeah. This is, Streaming on Prime Video? I'll go watch it right now. I think now. this is on Tubi. Spell that again for me. This is, uh, it's uh, M E G I D D O, The Omega Code 2. It's actually a follow up to the 1999 film, The Omega Code, serving as part prequel and part alternate retelling of the first film. So I guess you don't need the other one for context. Yeah, but actually, you know, like okay. it would be, it'd be um, a disservice to the filmmaker if we didn't watch it the way he intended. Correct. So when I clicked this and it said Stone, parentheses, The Antichrist, um, you didn't tell me this was going to be a Christianity movie, and now I'm super in. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this looks real good. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. It's under two this, hours. This trailer that's auto-playing is unbelievable. <laughs> he said in, It's in, the Cain and Abel story of two men enamored with the same woman, yeah. raised as brothers. <laughs> I, I like this. It says, uh, the poster here says, uh, Revelation spoke of mankind's final date. Oh my god, dude. That time Are those CGI arrived. helicopters? Let's go. And it says, in the beginning, the end had a name. <laughs> Alright, there's See, a um, shot. Alright, there's a shot in this trailer of somebody launching a missile at the Great Wall of China, and then a guy does the Hitler pose and lightning comes out, and now the Sphinx is crumbling. Uh, is... <laughs> hey guys, uh, there are two directors listed. One of the directors, his top two movies are Leprechaun 3 and 4. <laughs> I think we're I think we're in good hands here. Oh uh, the cin- director of forty six. Guys, uh, this movie has an accolade. Uh, <laughs> just one. Cinematographer Burt Dunk was nominated for best <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh, the the one director that i see listed on here directed a tv movie called a, called sightings a heartland ghost about the crew of a reality tv show that visits a kansas small town to track paranormal activity starring bo bridges oh my god this is this is big. oh by the way this is big for us <laughs> Bert Dunk's nomination was for best cinematography. I can barely say his name. Was for best cinematography in theatrical feature at the Canadian Society of Cinematographers Awards. This is an American movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is. 
Guys, this is going to be something. Look at the uh, production company. <laughs> Parker, I want you to say that out loud. Oh. <laughs> he directed a movie called hospitals don't burn down how timely oh i guess we can just end the episode for the episode (laughs) next week (laughs) you're gonna need to do something funky with the name to get people to listen to it because this is gonna be an incredible episode but no one is gonna click on now you see me three oh there we go yeah do that (laughs) (laughs) guys we got an advanced screening Uh, we can we can we can preach against the dangers of illusion magic by uh, so excited, telling people how they've been tricked. Yeah, dude, I, I like the idea. Oh. Uh, Parker, remember that uh, Red Letter Media thing where like Rich Evans is like, yeah, I got to see an early showing of uh, Star Wars. Dude, you got to see an early showing? Yeah, I don't know, but it was like I had already seen it. They're like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah, I saw it at eleven a.m., so it was pretty early for the showing. <laughs> That's our early showing of now you see me three. <laughs> We have to do that, or we have to do that, or now you see me four because everyone will be looking for now you see me three. It's called misdirection. Yeah, that's it. Now you see me four. Yeah, that way, when we inevitably do three, it'll fit in. Like I, one of the things I love about the stupid fantasy football app we switched to is that you can give all the players on your team nicknames. So uh, after after Will Le- Will Levis skull fucked the Falcons last week, I changed his name to QB one, Lamar to QB two, and Pat Mahomes to QB four. So everyone spends all their time on my roster looking for QB3. Fucking idiot. I'm so stupid. But uh, speaking of uh, listeners of the show, one of them messaged me. He's like, dude, I told you about the Immortal like three months ago when I was really drunk. And I was like, no, you didn't. He's like, yeah, I did. So apparently someone else in the world was drunk with their friends and found the Immortal on Tubi TV. Hell yeah, And he tried dude. to warn me about it. But I, I was, it was probably like 4 a.m. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll totally check that out. And then I didn't. <laughs> All right. Also, am I watching episode eight of Gold Rush? Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, yes. Yeah, it has to be. Okay. So look, look at look at whatever week we just picked for, and go back a week, and that's the number. I figured. I bet. I'm so excited to catch up with my, all of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> This is really just going to turn into two of us trading off the Immortal and Gold Rush and the third person getting fucked every week. <laughs> like, even if they get something good, it, it doesn't matter, because it's not either of those. So they're going to be furious. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis.